Oh, oh no. I forgot to write an intro, Alex. Wait, I got it though. I'll cast a nice little spell. Kratom introum with my anomalous magic. Welcome into Diagon Weagle Alley, where we'll be getting our wands, potions, and owls to get started on our, wiz or in our wizardly journey. I mean, it's at the station, nine and three quarters, of course, to hop on this mystical train with the zoning laws in this area being insane, I might add. But that's beside the point. We'll, get, we'll talk about that later. Uh, join us in defeating the Dark Lord. You know who. His name's Alex. <clears throat> uh, but first, we need to look at some moving pictures in the news. And of course, today, we are joined by a witch, I guess you would say, from Eagle Eye. The moving picture, what, what, the something wizardly. I can't think of anything. Sydney Babb? Hello. Welcome to the program. I told you not to stop me, Alex. I'm glad you didn't. Well, you had me there, because when you said, oh, you started at the beginning, I was like, no, he did it again. You messed it up. <laughs> That was so good. I know what I'm doing. So exciting. Awesome. Even Sydney was shocked. I saw her facial expressions and reaction to it. She was like, oh. Little do you know, I was making fun of Harry Potter when I did that. I noticed that a bit. We, apparently, Davis might have beef with Harry Potter. I Sydney a, and I, I have might a few have issues, but I just want to go ahead and preempt the episode by saying I enjoyed it. Thumbs up for me. I Davis. enjoy Harry Potter, but I have some issues with the world. One of them may be the person that wrote them. We'll get Ooh. into that. We certainly will get into that. We do talk about some news. N news, trivia, and everything in between. Quite a bit to discuss here. Number one, the trivia from last week. We asked about it. We'll see. People know it. As of 2013, how many James Bond movies have the word gold in the title? You know? Sydney, do you know? Absolutely not. Three? That's correct, Davis. Which three? Goldeneye, um, Goldfinger. That's not one. That's not one. That is one. Okay, Gold Member is the one that's not one. Okay, okay, okay. Goldeneye. Mm, this one's a, the last one's a longer title. It is. That's correct. Can you give me the first word? Man. The man with the golden gun. Let's go! There you go. I'm not even Mind a James you, Bond fan. I gave Davis the answers last week after which, the it's episode. Not even that, I'm not even acting like a James Bond fan. That was just a test of my memory. Oh, yes, which we know has, has been faulty at times. If you ever heard me try to quote a movie, then Inf you'd know. <laughs> Infamously struggling at times, but wow. Yeah, I get, job, I get the idea of it. Great job. And we have a trivia question at the end of the episode. And don't worry, Davis. I already told Sydney not to answer the question. Don't answer it. Do <laughs> However, the the question itself is so obscure. I highly doubt that she I'll or any it. of us would. Get, I you, can surprise you. I I cannot begin to explain how obscure this is until we get there. Of course, we'll save that um, for later. Also, for those wondering, those listening, Davis and I have not read the books. But I've read I read well, the first four. Davis read the first four. Sydney has read the books, so she will be our reading expert Yay. this evening as we talk about these movies, which is always good because. Whenever we do a movie podcast about one with books, it always ends badly when we say we haven't read them. So thankfully, we have our expert I, here. I'll say also I read the recently. first four, but I definitely don't remember anything that happens. I, I read them. Yeah, I read them recently. I've so also read knows. them four times. Oh, so we, I got this. Awesome. Excellent. And with that, we're going to move on to some news. First and foremost, <laughs> someone we're a big fan of, me and Davis, that is at least, Brendan Fraser said he will not attend the Golden Globes, even if he's nominated. Did you see this, Davis? I did. He said he'd be a hypocrite if he went. He said, no, I will not participate. It's because of the history that I have with them, and my mother didn't raise a hypocrite. You can call me a lot of things, but not that. There you go. Cool on that one. Good for him. However, he did say he will still promote the film and campaign for it because he wants it to get all the recognition, saying, quote, I owe it to myself, to the filmmakers, to those fans who paid to come and see me and stand in line in the sun, to my kids. This is my shot. 
I love him. Always a, always a cool guy. <laughs> so wholesome. Guy. He got his cup of coffee. He did. And he's apparently in an awesome movie. Sydney, have you seen the trailer for The Whale? No. I've seen a lot of like media surrounding it, though. Yeah. And it seems like it'd be, it'd be really interesting. It's got a really good cast. True. Uh, Sadie Sink for Stranger Things. Yeah, Sadie Sink. Oh, who was on a hot streak after recent season four of Stranger Things. She was probably the best part of that. I think we talked about that yeah. in the Stranger Things episode. So, yeah, there's some more exciting stuff with Brendan Fraser and a really awesome interview, Davis. I'm going to see the link to it. Where he just went like it was it was like the the GQ does those interviews where it's like actor goes through his most iconic yes I saw the video one, and he was talking about so you watched the whole video <laughs> no I haven't I but saw he, the video I didn't watch it he was talking about just doing the mummy and just how much fun it was and the fact that he didn't meet the Rock until the premiere of the movie <laughs> because well you know the whole Rock was a CGI monstrosity but anyway moving on to a movie that we're all gonna see tonight sort of kind of relating to that. Because Anya Taylor-Joy is in this next news. She reveals that she chose to do Robert Eggers' The Witch over starring in a Disney Channel series she'd been offered on the very same day. Good. (laughs) I was about to say, quote, I remember it was the same day I got asked to be in a Disney Channel pilot. And it was so exciting to be offered anything at all that I ran around the house like a loon, she told Harper's Bazaar. But I just had this really good feeling about The Witch that made me willing to forego the Disney experience for the thing that felt unknown to me, the thing that felt sacred. And safe to say, that's one of the better business decisions any actor's made in recent memory because she's in every movie ever now. Could be the best decision she's ever made. Because, I mean, especially because around the time, not, not not to go on the high horse of the shows we watched when we were kids were a lot better, but... Disney Channel in 2015, which is when The Witch came out, is not exactly the Disney Channel of old. Like, no. I agree. You're not going on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody in that pilot. You're going on... Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is no, funny, man. Jesse was even past... No, Jesse was yeah. before 2015. This yeah. is like... Forget even the mediocre shows Jesse like Jesse. Jesse was kind of like the bridge that you saw that it was starting to yeah. get bad. The end of Jesse got bad. The beginning yeah. of Jesse was okay. Mm-hmm. And I but think it definitely... I wasn't a big fan of Jesse. I liked Bertram. He was funny. Thumbs yeah, up for that guy. Funny. Or uh, Good Luck Charlie. I used to watch that. Good Luck, Luck Charlie was good. Good job with like, the vlog. I like, used to watch that. Okay, do- Dog with the Vlog is a good example <laughs> of what she was probably... Yeah. like. I don't even know what their current shows are now. Anyway, I have They got the siblings. one where they make video games. Oh my... Was that Nickelodeon? Though? That's I Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. I know I've... more Nickelodeon <laughs> shows like Henry Danger and the Thundermans. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know why I know yeah. them, but they're bad. Anyway, good for her because it's yeah, all worked, worked out because now she's making millions of dollars yep. at every movie. she Because she's in every movie, it seems like. Also, on some more tragic news, Kevin Conroy, who most well-known as the iconic voice behind Batman and Batman the Animated Series, has sadly passed away at the age of 66. And people... I started putting flowers at the Batman statue in Burbank, California. Hmm. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. His voice is iconic. He's done Batman in he did in the Arkham games, which I'm you said I think you played. I've them played days. all. Yeah, of them, exactly. Yes. He's done them in the Justice League animated series and a billion different movies. Uh, Batman Beyond as well. Really, really he is tremendous the voice, voice actor. He's the voice he, of Batman. He is as as much as any any person could ever be described as the voice of anything. He's and also he was just really good too. But anyway, so rest in peace to him and that very sad news. Also, Paramount has announced that the Avatar The Last Airbender animated film will be released theatrically in October of 2025. The film is the first of three planned from the studio with series creators Brian Konietzko and Michael DiMartino on board as producers after they stepped away from Netflix's upcoming live-action adaptation. Mm. So it appears we're getting a lot of Last Airbender stuff, and... I don't know if that's such a good thing. 
COVID brought it back. Once they put it on Netflix, everyone was watching it. Remember? True. Now, Sydney, have you seen the live action Avatar: The Last Airbender movie? No, I I watched I a little bit of the cartoons and like a lot of my friends have given me. Like, they just don't like that I haven't seen the show, but it's just not my cup of tea. My friends have also, I'm in the same situation. I've, all my friends have seen, they always give me grief. And yeah. Either way, I mean, the show, I've heard all the good things. I'm sure it's good. The movie, on the other hand. I saw it in theaters. Do you believe that? No. It not look good. It's, it's maybe one of the worst things yeah, ever really put to film, even, honestly. Even young me watching it, like, well, I was probably 12 or something. I don't even remember. I didn't like it then either. Which is which is a rare, which is rare. you know, when you're 12, like, you like every movie. Like, it was kind of fun, but like. Because I used to watch the show when I was on TV. Yeah. And I was like, this is nothing like it. If you're 12 and you can recognize a movie's bad, That's it's a bad, bad sign. I might have been older. I don't know. No, no, Davis. 12? It, it came out in theaters like in 20, 2010. Oh, then I was probably oh. nine or 10. Then. Let me let me, let me. I was up. seven. What? In How old are you? She's a sophomore. I'm, I'll turn 20 at the beginning of next year. Oh, my year. goodness. A little young. We're so no, old, you, man. Davis, you should have been on the WWEGL episode when... Um, Justin Lee was on, and he was like, how old were you all in 2004? And I was like, oh, I was four. And then Daniel, Logan, and Noah all were like, we were one. I was one. I was like, oh, craziness. <laughs> so, Wait, yeah. where were you all born? 2000 and 2001. 2001. Oh, okay. So The Last Airbender did come out in 2010. It came out in February. I was probably like nine. So, yeah, you were a nine-year-old nine recognizing oh, a movie's no. bad. I probably didn't really recognize it as much, but I, even then I was like, this is not my, This is. I'm never going to see this again. I remember that. It's so terrible. It's so bad. Anyway, so yeah, a lot of last Airbender content. And speaking of something from our childhood, sort of, kind of, Margot Robbie says her Pirates of the Caribbean film is no longer happening. "Quote: Aww. We had an idea to have a more to have more of a female-led, not totally female-led, but a different kind of story, which we thought would have been really cool. But they don't want to do it. So it looks like the studio kind of, kind of put the axe to that. Yeah. See, I saw it and I thought about tweeting like good, but then I didn't want to be like be perceived as you know saying good that it's." A female-led movie is not being made because that's not the point. I just think that there shouldn't be a sixth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, period, mm -hmm. because the franchise ran out of steam after the third one already, and then it mm -hmm. kept running out of steam, and I just didn't have much faith in them putting together a good product that they couldn't put together one the last two times. Like, Margot Robbie aside, like, I don't really have a lot of faith in Disney making a sixth film in a franchise. Yeah. Spin-off, reboot, remake, or whatever. I don't have faith in Disney making anything nowadays. That's true. Hardly. Like, I mean, I'm sure Margot Robbie's awesome, and I'm sure she had a great idea there. It's just that, again, I've been spurned twice by that franchise that I don't really <laughs> feel like seeing a, another one. Just wait for the limited Disney Plus series. If that, I bet that'll happen. Uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino's next project yeah, is going to yeah, be a miniseries. Yeah, I know. So, I, I trust him a little bit more. He doesn't. He didn't say it's just going to be eight episodes of a limited series of some kind. He, oh, okay. He he always keeps his stories very in the dark. He's not Good. as public about it like everybody else. Because like you, with Spielberg, you always know when he's going to do it. You just said that though with with her apparently coming up with the idea and people knew about it enough that she felt like she had to tell people that it wasn't going to happen. I wish that I wish that every time somebody had an idea for something, they wouldn't immediately put it out so that like disappointments like this didn't happen well it's it's like what the d23 and comic-con culture have kind of fanned the flames of that where like you yeah. want to just announce stuff like i mean don't <laughs> think about how much stuff marvel announces every year like oh hey guys God. guess what we're gonna put out in 2026 it's too much it's it's cr it's a crazy amount there's no honestly there's no kind of shock and awe anticipation like i think about um the comic-con moment when they announced batman versus superman which nobody knew they were making like not a soul other than of course the insiders who always yeah. know but like nobody knew and then they just had Harry Lennox go up and read like a line from the movie, and then they put like the Batman and Superman symbol on the screen. People were like, "Oh my god, this is yeah. the greatest!" I want to watch that now. I've never seen that. 
I've never, never seen that, that either. Clip, we're going to watch it afterwards. That clip is, I mean, people lost their minds because it was like two characters that had been lost around for a hundred years. Lost minds. No, I mean, really. Like, <laughs> but again, that was that was one announcement for one movie. It wasn't, hey guys, like, like, like Marvel with Fantastic Four right now, they don't even have directors attached to it and they're still going, we're going to make one. Imagine if they just waited yes. until they had something. They don't even have a cast. They have nothing. And they're yeah. like, but we're going to do it just because they want to tell people. Yeah. And that's the same thing with this. Though, I mean, I'm sure Margot was honestly talking about because she was probably, this is, I mean, as young as she is in the business, one of her first, like, creative projects that she was actively writing and building versus just starring in as her, as her previous roles. Yeah. But I do agree with you. They do certainly just announce stuff and just to cancel it over yep. and over and over again. Yeah, there's, like, a third Princess Diaries that apparently they're that's thinking true. about. Which I would love because I love Julie Andrews and, and Hathaway, but you can't. Davis is like, what? what are you looking at me for? Davis shaking his head, no. <laughs> but like, you can't, I, I just feel like I hear that and I'm like, mm, is it really? Because we keep getting let down. It's like it's like when they announced the Avatar sequels 10 years ago and they're only just now coming out. Like, I get it. It took longer than expected, but why not just wait till you actually have a product? Yeah. Because he clearly didn't because they only just now put out the first of the sequels. And they plan on putting out like three more in yeah. the next four years because he's got them all now, but like, Honestly, if he had waited five years to announce, I think the momentum would have been a lot higher because he wouldn't have, you know. I mean, we everybody, it got delayed and delayed and delayed over and over again, endlessly. But anyway, I forgot about the Princess Diaries. I didn't write that down. That's interesting. It escaped yeah. Alex's news net. I just saw, like, last night or this morning or something where they, like, said that they are actively working on it. That'll be intriguing. It in will, because people are like, I hope they bring back Chris Pond. She and Chris Pond better be together. Chris Pond's not going to be in a prince in the Princess Diaries. He now. was in the second. one. I mean, yeah, but I think it's just his stat, his stature has uh, probably shifted. I don't feel like Anne Hathaway. Sure, okay, yeah, would still okay. do it. I, I kind of forgot that Anne Hathaway's in that. <laughs> She's like huge. I've never, now. Saw, I've never seen them. I saw the first or one. Unless they played on Disney. Then, I saw maybe. the first one, and it was, <laughs> it was like you know, they're good. Thumbs up. It, it was fun. It was fun. I'm speaking of, well. Spinoff, sort of. The first trailer for Yellowstone spinoff, 1923, starring Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, was released <laughs> from the trailer of Taylor Sheridan. The series hits Paramount Plus on December 18th, and the Duttons face a new set of challenges in the early 20th century, including the rise of Western expansion, Prohibition, and the Great Depression. Harrison Ford must it's be strapped for cash right yeah, now. Yeah, this man's in everything. He's going to be in Marvel. He's going to be in this. And this is what I talked about with he's Yellowstone. He's going to be in Marvel? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be, he's gonna be Ross. Red Hulk. Because oh. he's replacing William Hurt, which has someone very... Very, very well mentioned it. Uh, replacing William Hurt, who died, yes. with someone who is very old seems a little risky. Yeah. Harrison like Harrison Ford, Harrison, is, the only way Harrison Ford is going to die is if he crashes a plane. Otherwise, <laughs> he's going to live forever. Harrison Ford will. What the forever. hell's a force ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he's more. Taylor Sheridan, I trust him because he made the, the Frontier trilogy, obviously. Hell, Hell or High Water, Wind River, and Sicario. And all those movies are awesome. They so. are phenomenal true, movies. True, but like it's it's so interesting because you asked me about it, like oh is Yellowstone good? And I'm like everybody seems to like it, but it is the the biggest red flag of all is the fact that it is like five spinoffs. Because mm-hmm. if it's like if if it's anywhere near Hell or High Water, Sicario, or Wind River, then let's think I about believe. the amount of spinoffs that Star Wars has. And that's that's oh, our point. Tr- though. Oh, trust me. <laughs> oh, I would hate on. We stopped watching them. We hey, look. Apparently, Andor is good. We're going to talk about that a little we'll later. Watch, actually, yeah, in, rela- in relation to that, that's one of my winter break assignments. Davis already has his assignment <laughs> of winter break. What was I watching? Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut. You can text me that because I will. Forget. I will. And you texted me the last Black Man in San Francisco. 
Okay. Excellent. Look we got to figure it out. Got this handle. <laughs> got this handle. Also, another trailer. I doubt you guys saw this one, but it was Sam Mendes' Empire of Light, starring Olivia Coleman, who's awesome. Colin Firth, also awesome. Toby Jones, pretty cool, too. And more. The film hits theaters on December 9th. It is a drama about the power of human connection during turbulent times. Set in an English coastal town in the early 1980s. Hmm. I know that sounds like pretty boring, but the trailer was pretty good. I'm not going to No, I don't, I don't judge it just by that, because... Manchester by the Sea, one of my favorite movies, is just about a sad guy in a coastal Boston town if you really want to make it as simple as possible. True, true, And the movie's phenomenal. The trailer looked really good, and they also, a lot of the reviews that they posted within the trailer said that it was Olivia Coleman's well, best I, performance ever. There's already reviews for it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably, because if it's a December 9th release, it's probably been in the festival. Are the reviews bad? 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. No. 6.6 out of 10. No. 2 out of 10 by IGN. No. Whoa. That's crazy. What was the Rotten Tomatoes one? 45. 45%. Roger Deakins is the cinematographer, mm. though, so it needs to look good. Oh, yeah, no. The shots in the trailer? The goat. Phenomenal. Roger Deakins is that dude. We know Sam this. Mendes, also the director of uh, 1917, if I recall. So he, oh. he, yes, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. There's all these amazing people you, in it. Oh. Uh, Little do you know. Have you heard of a movie called Amsterdam? <laughs> okay. Apparently that movie was terrible. All I know about Amsterdam is that I had to watch Taylor Swift get hit by a car, and Spoiler I just alert. didn't feel like watching. It was in the trailer. Spoiler alert. It was in the trailer? <laughs> yeah. I, I still kind of want to see Amsterdam. It's, not, it's, it's, like, it's like a car Like crash. watching a train away. wreck. Like, you can't I've look heard, away, man. Jack said it was really good, which like... Sorry, Jack. Like, I trust you to a point on movies. But when everybody hates a movie, it's kind of difficult to trust one person. There's movies that I I like that people dislike. Yeah. I can't think of any, though. No, I know. <laughs> uh, the, Back I, to the Future Part 3. Yeah, I know this to be true. Back to the Future Part 3 is good. Sorry. Um, hey, man. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to What's, we'll agree what's to up story. next on news? I, I can't, I'm ready to talk about Harry Potter, but hey, I know man. we got to get to the news. We're getting there. We're getting there. A Constantine sequel starring Keanu Reeves yeah. will be R-rated, according to director Francis Lawrence. Quote, the idea is this time. The idea is this. The idea this time is to really go at it and make a real R-rated Constantine, not the PG-13 version that just happens to get an R. So that'll be cool. Though, are you ready for more of Keanu Reeves' wooden acting? I'm thinking I'm back. <sighs> there's a there's a demon in here with us. I don't know. I don't know what he. I don't know what John Constantine sounds like. I wish they got they got the guy who voiced John Constantine, also played John Constantine in the CW series. Excellent. I used to. There was a Constantine game I had based on that movie, the Keanu Reeves one. It was Ooh, pretty good. Oh, I used to play it. It was pretty fun. Oh. I like. It got some negative reviews, but it was fun as hell. Davis, speaking of a sequel that um you're totally excited about, Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan want to make a sequel no. to their 2003 film Freaky Friday. No. <laughs> I... <laughs> What's next on the Wait, news? we're not done. We're not done. Curtis says, quote, it's Disney's to make, and I think they're interested, and we are talking. Now, not to be that guy, but considering the monstrosity she just put to film known as Halloween Ends, maybe <laughs> she should stop. Maybe you know may- she's listening. She's actually listening. Maybe somebody should stop her. Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna bust through the studio door. I hope she does. <laughs> and I can tell her that she sucked in Halloween Ends. Okay. Oh. I like your face. That was the worst line of dialogue I've ever seen. You know what scene I'm talking about, Sydney? You were there. Which the scene one? with her, with her and the police officer in the store. Oh, we're not talking about it. <laughs> Are we not? Sydney's moved on. She is. She she has already abandoned I, the podcast. I wish that I could like 
I, if this wasn't a podcast, I would insert a picture of me sitting with my head in my hands throughout the entire movie. I was in distress. There's, you have to watch no, that movie. No, I will not watch it. Please. <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch okay, it. Okay, fine. You make it sound so agonizing. That, I'm not going to watch it. No, but like in a funny, no. it was kind of funny. It was funny. like funny, agonizing. There were a few points where I was like, I need to leave. Like it, it's, it, was, it was almost like, okay, so like, you know, like when you and your buddies have to study for this huge exam. Mm-hmm. And you stay up all night studying, which in the end is agony because you're like tired. But like by hour like nine, you're just del- it's just delirium yes. sets in, and it's like a funny experience. It's like that. <laughs> I-, I don't think I sold him. Do you think I sold him, Sydney? I don't, I don't think he's it convinced. definitely doesn't. Seem yawned like it. over here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I find we're moving on, Davis. Always so tired during the podcast. I, jo- usually, Josie's gonna send an email about. No, this. look, Josie. I need I need to say this directly to you. I, I think I, I have pretty good injury right now, but like. I've been gat like I was falling asleep in my federal jurisdiction class, which today. is such an intriguing class. No, it actually, I'm sure. federal jurisdiction. Interesting. Uh, where the federal government can go, where they mm. can't, <laughs> and everywhere in between. I guess. Is that not what jurisdiction and federal means? It's not where they can go. It's what cases they can hear. Same thing. No, anyway. no, no, Alex. <laughs> no, no, it was a joke. What? I looked up the Freaky Friday 2 thing and I just came across a line. Did you called- guys know that Freaky Friday was based off a novel? <laughs> yeah, and then it was based, and then that was a remake of a movie earlier. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be oh, called yeah. Freaky Saturday. Freaky, oh. I, don't know. Wow. I made that up. No, wow. Freaky Monday. Ooh. It's literally like they considered calling it Freaky Monday. Oh, oh well, there you go. It had to be called Manic Monday. The first full trailer for Emancipation starring Will Smith has released. It's also starring Ben Foster and directed by Anton Fuqua. I think that's how you say his name. I can't, I can't remember. The film hits Apple TV Plus on December Not going to see it then. I guess I haven't been able to see Coda. Because However, the uh, synopsis reads, A runaway slave forges through the swamps of Louisiana on a tortuous journey to escape plantation owners that nearly killed him. It looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sounds heavy. Like, it's, you know, Will Smith, still a good actor. It looks good. Giving me the good, like, give me the twelve years of slave vibes. It's probably a really good movie. Mm-hmm. However, Apple TV. Yeah, that's what's that's what's. Like, that's the hangout. I can't yeah. do it. I can't. It's kind of catching it. me a little bit there. Like, unless it's for the podcast, I will not. I'll watch. find a way. There has been some good stuff that's like made by Apple TV. Like my favorite director, M Night Shyamalan, has a TV series on. Whoa, favorite director? Yeah. Should I not have said that? Do you know that no, he made he that. made the last Airbender, right? You know that? Yeah, he did. <laughs> what? I, yes. I thought so. We were. T- I just thought we all knew because like it's famously that he's the that he d- directed it and wrote it, and that's why it's like. What? Yeah, yeah. it's really bad. He, okay, okay, we're ignoring that. <laughs> just <laughs> all of his other stuff, <laughs> like Split, Sixth Sense, The Visit, The Village. I love The Visit. That movie's crazy. He's made all of that, but he has a TV. Shows and the beast that makes you old from old. <laughs> the beast that makes old, you old. Yep. Wait, he has so a what's TV, TV show? It's called Servant. Yeah, I think and I it's that. about basically about this couple that has a baby, and then all of a sudden the baby is not a real baby; it's a doll because the unfortunately the baby passed away. You find all this out in the very beginning, but the the mother is convinced that the doll is real, and then. A maid shows up to take care of, air quote, take care of the baby. The husband knows that this is, like, not real. The second she gets there, it's a real baby again. And you're just like, huh? It's one of my favorite shows, and I'm waiting on the next season. Also stars Rupert Grint? Yes. Rupert Grint is in every single episode. He's her brother. Ooh. He is phenomenal in the show. It's such a good show. You should definitely. Such a good show. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
Indeed. There you go. You there, you go. there you go. There you go. If you feel so inclined. Uh, we got a couple more notes here to talk about, and then we will get to Harry Potter. Don't worry, guys. Emily Blunt slams the strong female lead label as a copy and paste and bland character description. The full quote reads as follows. It's the worst thing ever when you open a script and read the words strong female lead. That makes me roll my eyes. I'm already out. I'm bored. Those roles are written as incredibly stoked. You spend the whole time acting tough and saying tough things. I agree. Which is interesting because that was kind of most of her. Well, that was sort of her character in The Edge of Tomorrow. Kind of. I mean, that, oh wait, no, that was the point. It's because they kind of flipped that on its head by making her seem very stoic, but in reality she wasn't. But I mean, she's right. Like, Yeah, it's like um, these production companies want to check up, boxes. Yeah. They like to check boxes, and it's not very genuine, and it's just turned into a different type of stereotype. I think, you're, I think you're completely right. I think it's like now they're like, oh, well, we have to have a strong female character, and then they just write them all the same, which yeah. the point is not about creating insert character here being strong it's about mm-hmm. just good character writing period yeah like I, i've heard that the people have said like before don't write a good female male character just write a good character yeah. period yeah right? regardless of their identity it. because that unless it is critical to the storyline because there are movies like that of course it doesn't yeah. really which i guess you know i mean davis any thoughts on emily blunt's statement look like you're reading away over there yeah, I'm reading about Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> He's jumping ahead. Wow, man, this man wants to get into it. He's very excited. Uh, well, okay, Davis, fine. Since you're not paying attention, <laughs> um, whatever. I'm just gonna just start, gonna I'm just gonna start like saying that. outlandish things and see if it draws your attention back in. The budget for Fast Ten has increased to 340 million dollars. Saw that. Insane amounts of money that spent on a bad movie. <laughs> What are they spending it on? Vin Diesel's contract, apparently. Apparently, all the cast got increased salaries. Why? It's a great question, isn't it? It's a they are great not going to make even close to that amount of money. I mean, the last one did Maybe not make they... a lot. No, I mean, the, it, look, Maybe it'll make it'll make it'll make money, but you know, there's always the 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 saying goes right. Whatever is their listed budget, you cu- you add half of that onto it again because that's they spend half of their total budget in marketing alone. So, like, they spend three hundred forty million dollars on the movie, they're going to spend one hundred and seventy million on marketing too. So that makes it really Jeez. a five hundred and ten million dollar movie. I can't even comprehend that amount of money. It's a crazy amount of money. Maybe they what should What number stop. is this? The 10th one. It should be over. It should be. We're going to be doing a podcast on that later. I've next never semester. seen a single one and I can tell you with full confidence it should be over. It should be over. And lastly, Davis, I know you want to move on cuz you're ignoring me again. Um I'm not ignoring you. Sure. I'm reading about something very interesting. Amazon orders multiple Sony Marvel shows, Davis. Mm. The first one will be Silk Spider Society. Yeah, I know. I saw about this. Um, Angela Kang will serve as showrunner with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, exec producing the series. It will release on both MGM Plus, which is apparently another streaming service, along with Amazon Prime. Boo. Boo. Anyway, with that, Davis, are you excited now? I was just reading about the craziest, like... Things that J.K. Rowling made canon oh, right now. Gosh. Well, we we might get into that a bit here here in here in a moment. Oh, we will. We, oh, we will. We will indeed. Um, Harry Potter, the first four films in the eight film series, mm-hmm, seven mm-hmm. book series, of course, because they split the last book in half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Honestly, one of the few good splits. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Also called the Philosopher's Stone. True. Abroad. I don't really. I don't know why. Does anyone Philosopher's know? Stone is what it was called originally yeah. when it came out in the UK, 
And then I think J.K. Rowling thought we were stupid yes, and didn't exactly know what, what a philosopher it, yes. was. So for the United States, it was changed to the Sorcerer's Stone. I'm pretty sure it's exactly like That's that. That's actually why. Because they didn't think that Americans would understand what a philosopher I fe- was. I feel like she might have been right at this current moment in time. So it's interesting because like, the, the Philosopher's Stone is like used in like other mediums. Like like D- DC has something with the Flash relating to that. Like, yeah. So it's like it's, I, I thought, for one, that it was because that's a common enough like thing that's used people would not understand what it was about like in that sense but just no we're stupid no <sighs> stupid americans stupid americans anyway well this film starring mostly brits daniel radcliffe as harry potter a lot of details on that rupert grant as ron weasley emma watson as hermione granger the the podcast in a british accent no oh. john cleese as nearly <laughs> headless nick really robbie coltrane rest in peace as rubius hagrid mm. warwick davis as phileas flitwick he plays mm. like a billion characters mm-hmm. in it and yeah. he's great in all of them Love Warwick Davis, by the way. He's, he's an so Ewok. Cool. He's so cool. Uh, Richard Griffith, Griffiths as Vernon Dursley, who's hilarious. Richard Harris as Albus Dumbledore. Ian Hart as Quirinus Quirrell? Is that mm-hmm. how you say his name? It's, I'm going to guess so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'll say right. so. <laughs> John Hurt as Mr. Ollivander. John Hurt? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. He played Ollivander. What? Not pick us up. <laughs> um, Alan Rickman, awesome as Severus Snape. Fiona him. Shaw as Petunia Dursley. Maggie Smith as the perfect Minerva McGonagall. And then Julie Walters as Molly Weasley. It's directed by Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not Christopher Columbus, by the way, just Chris Columbus. Different so, people. So, so we're clear. Written by Steve Cloves, and it's based on the book of the same name, sort of. That we talked about. Rowling. We talked about why why it uh, changed. Cinematography by John Seal, and it's, it's okay. Edited by Richard Francis Bruce, and the music from the great John Williams. We're probably going to talk about that music four times in each movie at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the whole cast. It got a bunch of release dates. A U.K. release November 10th, and then a U.S. release November 6th, both in, 16th, both in 2001. And it made a billion dollars at the box office. Wow. Which is crazy for the time period. Yeah. That makes it... It became a critical and commercial success with, oh, actually, so it was $974 million at the box office worldwide during its initial run, and then re-releases got it over the billion-dollar mark. And it was the highest-grossing film of 2001 and the second-highest-grossing film of all time at the time of its release. Yep. So, thumbs up to that. It got nominated for a bunch of awards, including Best Score, Best Art Direction, and Best Costume Design at the Oscars. But let's talk about it, guys. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, whichever one you want to call it. Quite a start, quite an entry into the beginning of one of the biggest movie franchises of all time. As she was still writing the books during this time, wasn't she? Because she'd already, mm-hmm. and I, so. I thought I thought that was the case. And she also sold the rights to this one yeah, for just a for million sure. yeah, dollars because she like released the last book and everybody was waiting in line for it. Remember? That's right, that's yeah. right. That was like in two thousand seven. I want to say it was the last book. Yes. Who were like driving by and spoiling it? Really? really? Yes. Like oh, people were waiting Lord. in line and they'd yell out the window like, "I'm not gonna do it. I don't want to." I mean, Maybe like Davis, Snape every, killed Dumbledore. Everybody, they, they everybody like, has seen these movies okay, at this some point. Of these, some of the videos are kind of funny because they like break down crying on the ground. <laughs> I would have. Like, so dramatic. I would have. I mean, William spoiled The Force Awakens for me, so I, I get it. Did I you, be, would you fall to your knees? No, but I was like in <laughs> like, agony. Like, in, like dramatic, like slow fall to your knees <laughs> and then start bawling crying. No, no. I'd be like, I'd be like, books a million at 12 a.m. Yeah, I'd try to be like, come on, man, that's not cool. Nah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so they're making them while they were, 
writing them while the movies were being made. She sold the rights to this one for a million dollars. They more than made back that mm-hmm. that investment, without a doubt. So as a start to the franchise, it's it's good, mm. right? I mean, it's all right. I it's so hard to, to judge whether or not I think it's good because the first time I watched it, I was like in second grade. So it's got like that childhood attachment to it. I think it. I think it is dated. Yes, certainly. Yes. Many, many times. But I think as an introduction, I think it's really, really good. I really think that like like I was as I was watching, like the first fifty minutes, there's not a moment that's wasted on anything. And I no. appreciate that because they have to do a lot and mm-hmm. they do it well enough that I think there's not a, there's never a scene that really drags until later later on in the book or in the movie. Like specifically, I think it really drops the ball with even as long as its runtime. Like the whole twist with Quirrell doesn't really land because he never he has no characterization other yeah. than stuttering. Mm-hmm. Like it's a he's he's probably the weakest antagonist of any of the movies. Well, he say. was in the books so much more. Yeah, like, he kept popping up in the books, and like the movies have to do so much with setting up these characters that are gonna be that are gonna stick around for the rest of the the series that they don't have enough time to set focus up a one off. Because on. mm-hmm. I mean, like you, I mean, yeah, he wasn't. And and you can see that in the way that they write it, absolutely, that he's very clearly a one-off character because he, he has, I mean, maybe, what, five scenes, really? I, that's like, <laughs> probably about it. Like, it's the first one he meets him. He's like, Trolls in the Dungeon! And he well, falls yeah. that he was in the, he he was was in in the, the pub. Yeah. He was okay, in... Okay, you know, that's what I mean when he meets Harry. The uh, Trolls in the Dungeon. He was... He had that one moment at the sorting ceremony where Harry, like, grimaced because his scar hurt when he turned around, which was, like, a little... Looky here. Oh, a little foreshadowing there. He had the... Um, what about the defense of the... Did he have a class where he was teaching at all? I don't class. Did had, they have a class? Yes. Had to have. When they went and teacher. got Oliver Wood out of the classroom to come... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Quidditch? Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Right. They had a... I found Jessica. There was a scene... He showed up after they killed that troll in the bathroom. And then, obviously, and when he bewitches Harry's uh, broom. Like broom. And they run into him when Snape's, like, chewing With him out. With him and Snape. Okay, so maybe he ha- actually did have a lot of scenes. No, 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 no. For, he for probably the, had 10 minutes of For a of primary antagonist, time. that's bad. Amount of actual screen time, though, it's definitely low. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's very thin, and it feels like it, because, like, the twist is like, but one, just none of it's set up well enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, I get it, right? You can't not have Voldemort linked to yep. the plot at any point. You can't intru- you have to introduce it all now. Obviously, and I'm sure again in the book it's set up a lot better, but it definitely suffers the fact that it's just like Voldemort is just kind of thrown in there. Yeah. Like I get it's just not again, it's because they ran out of time because if they actually meticulously set up it'd probably be a three hour movie. And it's already two yeah. hours and twenty nine minutes. I always wonder how good things like this would be if they had been made into T V shows instead. You know, It'd be you take, a long TV think show. Think about it. You take like a, an episode per chapter, be crazy. An episode uh, per chapter? I mean, I if think, a book I has think 50 these, chapters. I think these lend better yeah. to be as a movie. I do too. I just like, that's the only way that you'd be able to get everything in. I don't True. feel like, you, sometimes you don't need everything. So, that's why, no, that's that's why books is, are books. It's not It's not about getting everything in me. for me. It's just about the, finding the balance. Yeah. And this one I think struggles more than any of the other movies really do. Because again, with Quirrell, who is the antagonist, he doesn't really get anything. So yeah. the twist... Like, the main, which is why, I mean, even the main final sort of fight between him and Harry is, like, so short. Because, really, I mean, in, in, like if you ask everybody about this movie, they're going to think about, like, the chess scene. 
You never that's think a great about yeah, his, yeah. his character. Because the movie is about Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and that chess scene is awesome. The second half of the movie is a lot better than the first to me, which I know is kind of interesting, controversial. I almost disagree with that. Well, because like just them, like because the chess scene is what I remember the most. I always like that scene, like them such good effects, them too. getting down to like the mirror and whatever, is what I enjoyed. Like them, them kind of putting their plan into action, but. I don't dislike the world building through the first half. Like, it's setting all up, but, like, I also have a lot of issues with it. Because it's, like, the magic is so anomalous. Like, oh, there's a whole spell for repairing glasses. That is really I assumed that was No, 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 no. no. What? Don't justify it. (laughs) What? I think that's just lazy. They're just lazy wizards. But, like, I just... The issue, like, (laughs) they don't open doors. They cast a spell and the door opens. Just push it with your... Almost said a bad word. D- hand, like I don't know. The, the, just the magic. I have an issue with the magic in it. They like they're like so powerful, but also you don't know what their limits of their power are. And sometimes they just have random spells for random. Is this things. an issue that that presents itself for you the entire series, or primarily early on? Interesting. You know, he has a good point. The whole the, they literally like I can go live with it. To a I can school live with for it. magic, where that's what they're supposed to be learning. And the amount of actual magic that we see and, like, the amount of explanations of where it comes from, what its limits are. I don't even need to know where it comes from. I need to know, like, its limits. Because, like, Dumbledore's so powerful. And Voldemort's so powerful. But, like, all you see him do is go, Avada Kedavra! Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah, I guess he's powerful, but Harry can also do that. The power scaling is certain. Like, one thing that came up with any of these movies is, like, so, like, can anybody with a wand theoretically... Create magic. Uh-huh. Like, is there, is there, like, is there, because, like, there's so much in one. I really like the second one for a reason that I'll, we'll get into. But like, I like the second one a lot more. There's so, I actually don't like it more, but I like some I liked areas it of more. It. I, think, I like, remembered it more. You know, they introduced, obviously, the wizard versus muggle racism and whatnot, yes. which is one of the better plot lines that I think they, this yeah. entire series runs with. But, like, so my theory was, like, well, so, like, would a pure blood person like Malfoy have more magical power than Hermione? But, Obviously the answer is clearly not because Hermione kicks everyone's butt for the entire yeah. series. I think so that's like, more because she's a more adept in the knowledge. No, no, of it. I know, but, but even like, then, that's what I'm saying what's is the like, knowledge of no, it. No, that's what I'm saying is like, so what makes like because like Harry, Harry in the third film, which we'll certainly talk about, he like just conjures magic without his wand. So like, are people just yes. inherently magical, or is the wand the like maybe they talk about when they were when they're kids how they know that they should be going to the school is like when they accidentally make things happen. But then why did Hermione go to the school? Because she she would have had the same situation. She just ha- okay, where she accidentally made things happen. Interesting. Hmm. There's well, I, so many like weird little things that so we just don't know. Plot holes. I'm just, okay. Here's another question for you: Was who created these spells, or were they just always around? Yo, like God, why do they have magical repair them. Oh, did someone? That was always Oculus Reparo. Whatever. <laughs> did so? Did someone go like, I got it, guys. I got a spell. And they like crafted that in okay, the workshop. My my and assumption then, with, with that spell, which is what I was going to tell you before you said don't justify it, is that it'd be like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. in theory, if it was just like Reparo, like it, no, I could live with that. But Oculus Reparo, so that's what it is. Is that my no, my idea no, no. was that it was like a base spell that's just called Reparo or whatever, and then you just apply it to whatever. J.K. Op- Rowling would love you. You're doing I, so much work. I don't like so much her, Davis. For. Don't say that. Do we want to talk about the the bank? I we can't ha- talk about I the hand bank. you a new a new. Well, I don't know what the word is. Later in the series, they don't have to speak. To right. Perform spells. I, I was gonna. I was gonna get into that a bit uh, in the second one as well, which I think. So why, like, because. Why, 
because it sounds stupid if they speak. Like they, it, it I remember ruin, in it the ruins books, the tension. In the books, they talk about how it's really, really complicated to learn how to do it because you're using your mind. But like, it's. Just, it's just because it sounds stupid in a really great scene. It's the fact that they go from accidentally performing magic without saying anything. Well, they're powerful enough to do that. Then they go to school. They're not powerful enough to do anything without their wands and without saying anything just to later on get to another point where they can do things without their wands and not have to say anything. It doesn't make any sense. I feel like I agree with that. Good. My biggest issue is you remember when you played as a kid, like you played imaginary and you'd be playing with like your friend and they like, they like, oh, they hit you with a sword. You go like, no, actually I have a magical shield that protects me from any yes. weapon. My little like brother that. does that all the time. Like that's literally what it feels like. Like, oh yeah, actually we yes. have this spell that... D- protects this exact thing which you didn't know about until just now. Yeah. We have a, we have a spell that fixes your glasses, actually. <laughs> we have a spell that turns your bones into rubber. Is this going to be two hours of negativity on no, Harry Potter? No, 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 it's not. I do <laughs> have, I do have an issue so with the sports in Harry Potter as well, which Ooh, we can get to in a minute. We, but we, we, should ta- we should go ahead and get Let's the J.K. Rowling out of the way. Thing. Okay, yeah. Let, uh, well, Are we getting it out as, of the way? As many people may know and many people may not know, J.K. Rowling is what we would call a controversial figure due to her transphobic beliefs, among many other things. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to necessarily talk about that because that – is not present in the books or in the movies. We're going to talk about some other things, such as a really bad stereotype in Gringotts Bank. Now, Davis, yep. you might you want to take with charge this, on this. Sydney? I think so. So, in Gringotts Bank, first, just start off. It is a uh, a race of goblins with that are mean and they have big noses and they trade exclusively in gold coins, yeah. which is already kind of disconcerting if you're familiar with certain stereotypes. And then, but then. Which, like, if you already know that, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe she can get plausible deniability. But then on the floor of Gringotts is a Star of David. I... Which is, it's not even, like, in the background. It is, like, dead center. You can did, see did it. Did you want to pull the picture again? Just so, because I, like, you kind of have to see it to believe it. You guys mentioned that earlier. Wait a minute. I'm that gonna... is the shot, like, the first shot of Gringotts you oh, see. It is right dead in the center. My goodness. Like, it is the Star of David. It's not a pentagram or anything like that. It is the Star of David. You My question is, this is why? the movie, not the book. So, so how why much the did heck did they have, build? How much did she have to do with that, and how much did... She Didn't she have a lot of creative so, control I mean, over so, these? So, so the story goes, like, Cloves and Columbus and them worked hand in hand. Because again, Do you think she would have blatantly said, hey, guys... Maybe... The one Jewish character's name I mean, was, last name was Goldstein. Oh like goodness. she's yeah. Like she's the the character names in general could be a whole podcast. We'll certainly we'll certainly get into some of those characters being introduced in the Goblet of Fire, among many others. Yeah. Um, yeah. That like Davis was texting me while I was in Walmart, and I was like, I was like kind of taking the sort of plausible deniability, but no. then he just dropped the picture, and no, I was like, There's no plausible deniability. What? Yeah. I will not give picture? her any leniency. That's crazy. Plus, what she believes about trans trans people, like, is abhorrent. I don't. I will give her no. No plausible deniability for anything. There's just one too many stereotypical beliefs that she has for that one to not also exactly. Be and then she's she, just she, also just ignorant about a lot of th- like the wizarding other wizarding schools. We are also going to get oh, into God, something. So this, this this is a note that I'm going to save for the sequels more specifically. But she is just very honestly. I've described her as someone who is unaware of the type of power that she wields with the influence that, that she would has. Be. Something that I think Daniel Radcliffe has been very like he talked about it too. Like he said that he kind of in an interview recently he distanced himself from Rowling because he's like, well, I just I know how many fans, like how many people this book meant so much to, and yeah. for to the author to invalidate their existence. Like he basically recognized that because mm-hmm. he understands how much power he has over 
the most popular book series ever? Arguably. I mean, the Bible technically sold more. (laughs) Technically. But I mean, this is the most popular book series ever made. I I don't think there's much, like, truthfully worldwide. Lord of the the Rings? I know it's Harry Potter. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is, you know. Lord of the Rings is up there. But Harry Harry Potter has eight of them. And I mean, I mean, what series have we ever seen where every movie made so much money? And it's, not it's to mention no drop off and with find, it. Think true. about like Harry Potter World. The, have y'all been? I, that place it's is. Insane. I went to Harry Potter for Halloween. That place one time is transcendent. Can you believe that? It is. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. Anyway, um, let's talk more about the movies. Obviously, we got so much to talk about. A lot yeah. to unpack with all these movies. I want to talk about some. Good moments for Chamber of Secrets. Criticism aside, oh, we're, we're past Sorcerer Stone. Oh, so, Sorcerer Stone. Excuse me. Sorry. Okay, I'll, I'm ready. I'm fine with getting to Chamber of Secrets. There's just not I, a whole I, lot there. Is there more to say about? I do have. I, I do want to talk about things. Quidditch. Actually, I also want to be a little positive for a moment. It's good. It's a good movie. Uh, one, the casting department. Yes. I really think in all eight movies, they don't miss on a single. You're right. Like a single character. They like. I don't know how they picked them all so perfectly, but they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, even. Even the one critique you can have is the change from Richard Harris to Michael Gobbin, and we'll get to that, of I course. I do kind of have an issue. We'll, we'll certainly get to that. But, I mean, Richard Harris, brilliant. I Alan really like, Rickman, I, really, I mean, oh, what Alan Rickman a is choice. Great. He's so funny. Also, also, Maggie Smith. Like, yes. Not, Professor McGonagall is not by any stretch a main character, but she is so critical to the film. Alan Rickman so Alan Rickman's awesome. Can I um, make one no, character yes. comment? Go ahead. So everybody knows the character Lavender Brown. She shows up later in the series. Uh, yeah, everybody knows Lavender Brown. I don't. Google? Yeah, hang on. Lavender Brown is the girl that Ron dates later on. Oh, yes, yes, but Lavender, yeah. We're talking about good casting choices. But Lavender Brown was originally cast in the second movie, and she was black. And then they recasted her. Mm. And was she, and was she black white. in the novels? It's never mentioned. Huh. But they changed when she became a main character mm. to a white actress. Intriguing. Do with that information what you Un- will. Unfortunately. I, I believe this is JK's doing. That was that was just a, <sighs> we were talking about how we thought that they made great casting choices. And that one could be questioned. True. That one, that one could be questioned. Also, of course, John Williams. Customary thumbs up for the brilliant score. This man. Oh, my God. He also was not originally picked to be it, actually. So really? James Horner was the first choice to compose the film. James Horner, who's done Avatar, Titanic. Yeah. He's really good. And then he actually turned it down, which leads wow. to Williams taking it over, which I think Williams was the perfect choice. Even like looking at his previous films, he is the best choice for these types of movies from Star Wars, Jurassic Park. He creates that kind of mystical... Just everything. Also, the Quidditch theme is so good. Hedwig's theme is so good oh, as Hedwig's well. Oh, Hedwig's theme. Just all of it. Also, Alan, so I was talking about casting. Alan Rickman was not originally the choice to be Snape. Davis, I'm going to need you to pay attention or I, I am will paying attention, Alex. Shoot I can you. do more than one thing at a time, please. Doesn't sound like you were, Davis. What did I just say? Well, now all I know is what you're saying is you're getting on to me. I would have been. I was going to say something, but you just uh, had Well, what I to said do is it. that Alan Rickman was originally not the first choice Come to be on. Snape. It was Tim Roth, but he turned it down for Planet of the Apes. Tim Roth? Uh, yeah, Roth. He, Roth. He is. Uh, he played the Abomination in the Incredible Hulk movie, among many other. I like Tim things. Roth. I think Alan Rickman's a lot better though. I agree. I I agree. Every, I think everybody Hulk agrees. Up. You know, I wonder if we say this because we actually think this, or if it's just because that's who we've watched as Snake. No, I mean, I think he does. Like, I think he's great. Like, I honestly, agree. I think he does. Like, yeah, he's who we watch, so we can't imagine anyone else. But also, like, I mean. We, we, we've seen comic book movies with our characters only seen one time before, and then we're able to criticize if it was a bad casting or not. They're just all really good. 
They're just all really, 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 really good. I also really like how the film sort of knows its limits with the CGI in mm-hmm. part. Obviously, it has to show up, but like going to Gringotts, for example, you see them get on the train and then you see them immediately get off it. The film doesn't try and show really bad CGI. Okay, I have a question. It knows. Go ahead. About the world. So oh, is Lord. Hogwarts just in the middle of the country or is it like there's a spell cast on it so they can't answer. see it? Oh, she has an answer. In the books, mm-hmm. they describe it as anywhere that is directly wizard related. So like Diagon Alley, Hogsmeade, Hogwarts, any of those places have a spell cast over them so that if muggles were to happen to stumble upon them, they would either immediately like realize that they had a meeting or like something like that or immediately just have something pop up in their brain telling them they needed to go home so that they couldn't get there. How convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient. What what do you want them to do? Okay, so like... (laughs) Put them in another dimension. That's such a stupid... Oh, I got to go to my meeting. What? That's such a stupid (laughs) spell. I have an so issue with angry. the magic in this. I'm not angry. I just so have an angry. issue with the magic. So I, angry, Davis. Talk about Quidditch, because I thought the first match oh. was pretty good, except... No, no, no. Oh, first of all, because Harry was just sitting there for like yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> like he's just he's just like sitting on his broom just like, watching. That's, I had a big issue with that, but the, just the idea of Quidditch in general. And I saw a tweet about this, and I'm, I'm going to... I'll credit the tweet. I don't remember who tweeted it, but I saw this on a tweet. You might have as well. Maybe. So imagine baseball had a rule where there's just a squirrel running around the field, <laughs> and whoever catches that squirrel... Wins the game. They get 100 runs, and they win the game immediately. Alex, I need you to pay attention. I'm texting someone about the podcast, and I can do two things at once, Davis. Alex? Keep going. But So there's a squirrel running the field. Whoever catches the squirrel gets 150 points. They win the runs. They win it immediately. Wouldn't you just invest in people that catch the squirrel? Well, yeah, but it it is No, no, no. Davis. You would have a field full of squirrel catchers. It is very clearly established that being a seeker is a rare talent, such as when I believe. So Al- every Wood, team has right? one. Is, isn't, no, no, yeah, exactly. But there's like, because when he lets the snitch go when he's training Harry, he cannot see it. Yeah, have you seen the. No, that's literally. That if you have enough people like, searching for this thing, they'll get it. Davis, he physically cannot see it. What? In the yeah. scene when he releases the snitch the first time to show Harry, it flies off and he looks off in the distance because he, he looks cannot in see it. It's a completely it. different direction. It's like a special, like, kind of magical ability of some kind. Davis, <laughs> you're watching a movie about witches and wizards and you're drawing a line at which magic is good and which magic is not. Well, here's what I'm saying I don't think any of it is that good. If it's this anomalous. But he it's... can't see it? Yes. Why did they say something like, oh, uh, Harry Potter? Oh, it, okay, whatever. Special this ability. Is a, this, let's, it's let a movie. Let us be reminded that this no, is no, no, a No, 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 no. Don't hit me with it. It's a, it's a movie. It's a kid's movie, no less. No! <laughs> Turn off my mic. I'm about to go berserk. <laughs> no. This is a fake universe <laughs> in which J.K. Rowling can create any rules that she wants. I get that, but her rules are stupid is what I'm saying. <laughs> if I had control over these rules, you'd understand what was happening. Why don't we this. keep moving on to the better movies? <laughs> Okay. Quidditch Cha- keeps showing up. Chamber of Secrets, 7.5 for me. Or, yeah, Sorcerer's Stone, 7.5. Sorry. I'll give it a 7. I give it a 7.8. Interesting. Davis Davis gets really mad when you don't do anything on a .5 scale. So. I don't get really mad. He's actually going to pull out a gun and shoot you. <laughs> if, if that's true. Yeah, I'm actually, gonna... <laughs> you better go. You better go .5. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So angry today, David. I'm still a little you perturbed. You killed our guest. But you calling me out earlier. I was paying <laughs> oh, attention. Oh, my goodness. I know you were. Anyway. J.K. Rowling's so stupid. Oh, la- my God. Lastly, I'll say the 
The, why do the stairs move? They just do? <laughs> is there a spell? Or when they built it like that, they're like, I got an idea for these stairs. They should move. Because it's... No. Um, it's, no, there's no answer to that I will accept. It's just a magic world. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. So in was Hogwarts books. always there? Or when they built Hogwarts, they're like, I got a great idea. In the books, the stairs move for you to assist you I remember to that. You I do remember that. But in, in the, the movies, movies, they just They just move. aimlessly pick directions. Well, I remember that from up, the books, which I can up. live with that. I mean, do they? Yes, because yeah. they get trapped on it one time. Well, yeah, and they're but, like, oh, we got to wait for it to then, go back around. But then when they get on it, it takes them to the place that gets them to the Sorcerer's Stone. So one could theoretically believe like i'm just saying just because it's guys you ever heard a show don't tell like that's not an unheard of concept i have heard of it but i think it's stupid okay you know I what think we should move on to we Chamber need to move on or we're never gonna this get is not gonna get better for <laughs> i still have issues with a lot of the magic in all of the movies <laughs> anyway wait till we get to gobble the fire <laughs> the second one chamber of secrets starring all the same cast plus Kenneth Branagh as Gilderoy Lockhart. Hugh Grant was the first choice for the role, but due to reported scheduling conflicts, he was unable to play the character. Also, I mean, yeah, all the same cast members, pretty much down to... Ooh, Jason Isaacs as Lucius Malfoy. Another great casting, by the way. Jason Isaacs, he's terrifying. And Lucius and Malfoy's so, in it. Lucius Malfoy's so evil. Also, there is Dobby as well. I don't know if I have a list... Or who plays Dobby? It doesn't appear to be. No, it doesn't appear to be. Anyway, directed by Chris Columbus once again and his last. Steve Cloves handled the screenplay again. Roger Pratt with cinematography edited by new guy Peter Hannes. And then music once again composed by John Williams. He returned to score the film, but it proved to be difficult because Williams had been had completed the scoring of Attack of the Clones and Minority Report when work was to begin on Catch Me If You Can. Because of this, William Ross was brought in to arrange the themes that Williams wrote, apparently. So he just wrote them, and then Ross recorded them and whatnot. Hmm. And then this film only released one year after the original, November 3rd, 20, or 2002, with a long runtime, two hours and 41 minutes, the longest in the series. And somehow it was a smaller budget of $100 million. I don't really know how, but it made $879.8 million, the second highest grossing film of that year behind Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Roger Ebert gave it four out of four. So especially good. I like This is the one I watched the most of the kids. This one is good. I don't like this one. Wow. <laughs> I have a big issue with the big plot reveal at the end, though. We'll get to. Okay. Interesting. I feel like this one's kind of looked over. I I had the double so feature DVD as a kid. Do you the, remember those? Yes. I had of this. I, I think it was... Either the first one in this or this one in Prisoner of Azkaban. So I had that I one with Goblet of Fire and ooh. Uh, the fifth one. Uh, Order, Order of the, the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, I don't like this one because I feel like it retreads a lot of the same old things. Like in the first film, oh, guys, the guy who's doing it is obviously Snape. And it's not Snape. In this one, guys, the guy who's doing it is obviously Hagrid. Like it, it's the same old misdirect you know, twice. You never put that together. And like watching it, I was like, ugh. Because one, it's very obviously not Hagrid. It's like such an absurd leap. And then two, like again, it's very similar because Chris Columbus's style, there's not a lot of fluctuation there. It's a bit more yeah. serious tone. But I just, I, I, I think it replays a lot of the same old notes. I think I like this one more because I remembered it. I like remember every single scene from this, which is pretty rare for me. But I, I genuinely watch this so much. Like I just see a scene and be like, oh, I remember this. I guess I liked I it know. more. Nostalgic like, was. It has I some liked good the moments. new characters. Like yes. I liked Gilderoy Lockhart. His character was funny. 
I mean, he was I, he, he was, was so annoying, silly. but, but like, it was yes, fun to watch. Kenneth Branagh was great as yeah. Gilderoy. You know, like the Pixies and the the fan and, mail uh, detention. Where he's oh, like, would you like to help me? See I my can fan quote mail? that word for that word. scene is so funny. I hate Kenneth Branagh, but Run he's pretty good in this. Weasley. He's so good in this. I why like. Do you hate, why do you hate Kenneth Branagh? I don't know. I just feel like he's very overrated. Like, like he's like in all those um, like um, Devil on the Nile movies or whatever. And it's like, man, they, they think this dude is him, but like he's not. Just saying. Until this movie, he's pretty he's good, good in Tenet. Yes, he is, and he's really good in this. And I like that. I really like the opening shot. I watched these back to back, so it was really interesting to go from like the magic world that Davis hates. Um, I don't to, hate it. To the very monotonous it. English suburb. Like, I, thought, I thought that was a nice juxtaposition between those two sort of environments. I would like to say that it is fun, and it has a lot of cool set pieces and stuff. I just have issue with the magic itself. All right. And some of the other things that the magic involves, but I can live with it. Fair, fair I enough. enjoy these movies, and fair I'd like enough. to say that, again, I do enjoy these movies. I enjoy them as well, except that scene with the slugs. I love that. The grossest scene, scene burned in my ever. brain. Oh well, it's gross, but I, I really like it. Oh yeah, no, like it's a good it. scene. It's it, like I I agree. I I love Ron's wand that just is broken and is taped together with like a band aid. Seeing him like stand up for Hermione <laughs> was sweet. I liked that. Oh, Davis is angry again. There's an Oculus Reparo, but there's no Wando Reparo spell. Oh, and the spell that Ron said. Eat slugs. Eats, he literally screamed, "Eat slugs." And it worked. I rest my case. Okay, I do. I, agree. I truly think that they make the spells up. Well, yeah. I think that they the power grading is like how could they not levitate something? But then Ron's like, I can just make you eat slugs in two seconds. Here's bro. how I think it works. I think that you can do just about anything, and people just kind of like make their make spells, and then they become popular, and mm-hmm. they become ones that are taught in school as like basic ones. And then, but you can literally say anything you want, expecting anything you want to happen, and maybe it'll work. That's interesting. Maybe. I mean, that. There's no one that can confirm or deny that. That's true. It's unassailable. We cannot, yeah. It it, it must be. It must be. Again, I'll say the intro of Mount Boy's dad uh, is top tier because he's so repugnant. He's so awful. And Jason Isaacs is so terrible. Also, like, end of the movie, he was going to kill Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, can we talk about that? Slept on moment. That man was about to do the killing curse in the middle <laughs> in of Hogwarts, Hogwarts bro. Outside he was about to drop Dumbledore's the killing office. curse. That should have happened. That honestly, been cool. honestly, that's the kind of inconsistency I have issues with. Is like, what? What? This I man was... was like, what? He was so he was so pressed. <laughs> that's such like a, no. The thing is, that's such like a crazy leap. Is like, is the inconsistency that some of the antagonists have in these films is that they just will like be crazy rant like. Man was, was he he lost like this really pathetic elf and then he's like all right you're getting god crazy I think that this movie was really impressive in terms of CGI yes. because we a had Dobby we had the up. basilisk we had the spiders every si- and quidditch every single one of those things I never once thought about the CGI and I feel like that's a good that's a good basis and I really for like when, when they, you do a good job. It's like as long as the people watching don't think about how good or bad it is, then you've done a good job. And as always, I loved when they mixed in the practical effects, like the real basilisk yeah. going down the tunnel, or the uh, practical giant spider. Yeah, uh, whatever the spider's name was called, I can't remember. Aragog. Um, yeah, I knew that way too fast. Nah, that, was... that, that that's what you're here for. That's what you're here for. <laughs> Again, though, I don't know. I just like also um the assumption that Harry and his friends did it. Is like one of the most absurd things ever. Like the oh fact yeah, that, Harry the fact Potter that, is the heir of Slytherin. The fact that what? Snape has to go, uh, headmaster. Maybe they're in the wrong, just wrong place, wrong time, and they're like, oh, 
Snape, why didn't we think of that? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> they are they are 12 years old in this movie, by the way. Harry that is, Potter. I do have a little bit of an issue with that, like going on, but I can. It's fine. Because like in the fourth one, they're supposed to be like 14. Yeah. And they look 17 because they are 17. No, but, like, they weren't. He was 16. To be fair, they Daniel were Radcliffe all like was 16. They were all this the age or one year older almost the whole time, and they got a little older as it went on because there was a little more space between mm-hmm. them. Okay. Okay. So I did do the math last so night. In, and Daniel Radcliffe was 16 in Goblet of Fire. Uh, in Goblet yeah. of Fire, he was 15 because the movie came out in 2004. It's not a crazy joke. He was born in 1980. I think by the end they were all supposed to be 17, and they were all like. I mean, Davis, that, I can live with this. Never, they just don't look like 14-year-olds, which I'm fine with. Like, I can put I mean, that aside. It's as close as any film think is about, who, Yeah, who yeah, cares? Think about some of these TV shows and movies of high schoolers where they're literally Dear Evan Hansen. 30 years old. Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. When he's like 40. No, I mean, like, Davis, yes. If it was a one-off where they had to be 14, but, they, I mean, they cast them when they were the right I, age one I can time. live with it. I Not will say again. It. Good. You should live with it. They did a good uh, job of keeping it up. I, they I agree. Speed through they made it. so many movies back to back. Yes, Davis? Can I bring up my big issue with Chamber of Secrets? Uh, yes. I have one last big issue. No, say your you, thing. Well, so. Because I'm about to go crazy. So mine was, dur- first of all, the final the final like scene. One, I love Moaning Myrtle. She's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Awesome character. Great addition. The Polyjuice Potion good. scene, really good. Really enjoyed that a I lot. I That's a good scene. I, I, all of it. <laughs> How they just pick, they, there's two cupcakes in the end. They're like. Okay, <laughs> sure. So that's one of the things that's always so crazy is how like Crab and Goyle go from like the two like lovable oafs to like in the last movie, literally I mean, trying Crab to kill is them. Like, hey, uh, kill Harry right now, yeah. please. It's great. I love that escalation. I think one of the films in this podcast we'll talk about. I think does the best of balancing that. But anyway, my last bit of it is the absurd scene during the final fight when the Phoenix shows up to attack. Um, the basilisk, and then you see it like off screen as a shadow, and then Tom Riddle just goes, "The bird may have blinded the basilisk, but it can still hear you," which is the most. Oh, the audience has no idea what just happened, so we need a character to tell everyone what just happened. <laughs> like he said, and I was like, "What?" It was like I need you to go back and watch it. It's one of I the know, most absurd I, I scenes. It. He's just like, <laughs> "It may have just done this thing to me, but don't worry." Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> it was because it was it, the re, the reason For is because kids. is because as I said before, Chris Columbus and them knew the limits of their CGI, so they couldn't mm. show the Phoenix and the Basilisk fighting because it would have looked pretty bad because it would have been two CGI objects colliding, mm-hmm. which never looks very good, yeah, especially in in bright lights. And it so they too. made it a shadow, but then you had no idea what was going on, and then you just have to have Tom. It's just yeah, so absurd to me. But that was my one like. My what? big thing is with Tom Riddle. And please correct me if I'm wrong, Sydney, since you know the books, but Voldemort's real name was Tom Riddle, is it? Was it oh, not? Yeah. Tom Marvelo Riddle. Uh-huh. Oh, the- so was he just sitting in his room one day? He's like, "Oh my what, god. What should I what should my name be? I am Mordevolo Dermolovo." It's the fact that he had to put I, I am, am Voldemort. In there. I got it. That's the one. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go he, with. When he went like, and wrote what? that down, I I like looked away. I, I groaned. I was like, "What the The fact that Look, he probably gonna- didn't put I am at the beginning and was just going with all the letters and then eventually was like, "Wait a minute, I still have an I A and M. What <laughs> I am I going to do I with got this?" He um Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry reads it as I am. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, what? When he did that, I was like, that. I was like, I, I was I so confused. I kept. I was like believe. asking. I was like, I was like. So his name is actually Tom Riddle in real life. We're sitting here saying the fact it. that he did that. 
This is not real. He did not do that. But J.K. Rowling did. She sat somewhere in some so little like, well, room. In, in the book, this, it's the same thing. <laughs> like, like he writes it out. I don't think so. Any uh, criticism I have, oh, but it retroactively goes back to J.K. Rowling. It, it always does. I don't remember. I, gosh, I wish I, I had a book I on him I feel like if right it now. was, you would have remembered that. Absurd, cause it's an no, absurd no I don't remember it, but I remember. I do. I don't think it was in the book. Because I remember watching the movie and being like, Whoa, what are the odds that, that his name's letters would plan out to that? That's crazy. We're all oh, rapidly what, are, typing. what are the odds? Also, one of my last points, I'll bring this up um, while you guys are looking it up. I hope, I hope you're listening uh, to this yeah. one. Yeah, no, I so, think it is in the book. Uh, Tom Marvolo Riddle, I am Lord Voldemort. You see, he whispered, it was a name I was using at Hogwarts to my most intimate friends only, of course. Oh you think I was going yeah. to use my filthy muggle father's name forever? It's in the book. Oh it's derived God. from an anagram of I, his name. In whose no. veins runs the blood of Salazar no. Slytherin no. himself. No. my mother's side, I keep the name of a foul common muggle who abandoned <laughs> me even before I was born. Just because he found out his wife was a witch? No, Harry. I fashioned myself a new name. A name I knew wizards everywhere <laughs> would one day fear to speak when I had become the world's greatest sorcerer. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. so funny. Oh, my mm. God. Mm. Um, I'm just imagining my last, her sitting mm. alone doing that. Just thinking, hmm. <laughs> what should I do with this? I got it. I am Lord Voldemort. <laughs> so... The last thing I want to say is as great no, as... Wait, I got thought of another thing. They're like, Tom, come out. You've been in your room for a day now. We want to go play Quidditch. And he's like, guys, guys, I am working on something monumental here. <laughs> it was more likely I that I am she... Lord... God, what is it? Domoltolo? We he, didn't know gets it. the Tom name until after we knew the Voldemort name. So it's more likely that she came up with Voldemort and then came up with the first name... Based off of all that's true because who still yeah stupid though. and that's where the I am came in that makes a l- oh, it's still bad try harder next time and make to get, put come the, on JK make his middle name Liam I don't know find a way to put the name? I uh, and my last point before we can move on from this one as well this one a little bit of shorter discussion I imagine um is the ending so like awesome scene Harry freeze Dobby Dobby just wax um Lucius everybody's clapping Phenomenal. cheering awesome and then. And then Lucius, who has to deliver one of the worst lines of, he's like, <laughs> "Your parent was just like that, and you'll meet the same sticky end." Yeah, and what he's was like grimaces. I'm like, Jason Isaacs is that dude, but even he could not save that horrid same line. Sticky end. He tried so hard to make one of the worst lines <laughs> in the series work, and it's so bad still. Oh. Like everything about that final scene with it, with. Lucius and and Dumbledore yelling at each other. Awesome. It was cool. off the wall. The, like after they leave the office, everything that happens is just so off the he wall. He tries to kill a kid, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Outside Dumbledore's office. I imagine his road rage is even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Also, again, since this is the last time makes an appearance, Richard Harris is Dumbledore. Two thumbs up, man. He's like, really, yeah. really. He was I really like him good. more than the other Dumbledore. I would have loved to see him. Like see how see he how his done. character shifts as well because obviously he's more like a paternal. I mean, so one thing I want to ask you, and it's sort of as we move on to Prisoner of Azkaban. So Dumbledore later on in the film series gets a lot more depth and character development. Is that something that happens as well in the books, or is he oh, sort of consistent? Oh yeah. Okay. Let me tell you. Because in the every first two, time, he's so consistent. Every time I reread the books, my hatred for Dumbledore flames uh, up uh, again. What? I cannot stand Whoa. his character by the end of the books. Wow. He's a horrible person. Wow. 
That's interesting. Doesn't he try to kill Harry at the end or something? Oh, oh, horrible, horrible person. He's literally playing chess with people's lives for like 30 years. He's just having fun. Well, I mean, I'm having a good time. I mean, I mean, you do what you got to do to win the war, I guess. Everyone in his life is being used by him in some way. Interesting. He's okay. like the master manipulator. Because I just wanted to ask because, like, in the first two films, Richard Harris's portrayal is pretty one-dimensional. Like, he just sort of very you know, much like, oh, little old man, Harry, sweet little Harry Potter. Oh, use this crazy spell. You guys sound like Voldemort right now. Harry Potter. <laughs> at the end Harry of this, <laughs> at the end of this, we all need to do our best Voldemort. Oh, Vol- Voldemort and Goblet of Fire was making me laugh. He's like, <laughs> Harry, I forgot you were there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rick almost said a bad word. Oh, oh, it was making me laugh. That oh, no. that stuff was making me laugh. Oh, Davis, don't don't be saying that. So, Chamber of Secrets, I'm gonna give it a seven. I also give this one a seven. Chamber of Secrets for me is. Okay. 7.2. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I was getting some anger over there. And now we'll move on to the third one and what many consider to be the best one. I agree. A lot a lot consider it. Harry for, Potter. So, so of these first oh, no. four, it is the best one. Harry Y'all Potter gonna like me. and the Prisoner of Azkaban, starring all the usual suspects, and then Michael Gambon as Albus Dumbledore. Gambon assumed the role after Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore in the previous two films, died of Hodgkin's disease. On in October of twenty or of two thousand and two, three weeks before the second film's release, despite his illness, Harris was determined to film his part, telling a visiting David Heyman not to recast the role. Four months after um, Harris's death, Alfonso Cuarón, the director of this film, chose Gambin as his replacement. Gambin was unconcerned with bettering or copying Harris, giving his own interpretation instead, but putting on a slight Irish accent for the role as an homage to Richard Harris. Mm. There you go. There you go for that reason. He also did all of his scenes in three weeks. Huh. Wow. And the producers originally offered the new role to Christopher Lee and Ian McClellan. I could have oh. seen that. But scheduling conflicts forced Lee to decline whilst McClellan turned it down because he had played a similar role as Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. He also stated it would have been inappropriate to take Harris's role as he called McClellan a dreadful actor. <laughs> oh? Richard Harris was funny, man. He's a funny guy. <laughs> a dreadful actor. Harris's family had expressed an interest in seeing Harris's close friend Peter O'Toole being chosen as his place, but producers felt that his age and health would become a troublesome down the line. Oh, that would have been cool. Peter I- O'Toole obviously was Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I want to actually not to not to be that guy, but I'm curious if their concerns were vindicated. So he did pass away in 2013, so he could have technically played the part, but I imagine his health was deteriorating. I, no, his by health the end. was. I, I I don't know the full stories on Peter O'Toole. But um, you got that detail there. So, yeah, I just wanted to read through all that because obviously the whole Gambin recasting has a lot of controversy surrounding it. But it was also a very difficult situation. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, I like, mean, I don't know what people expected. What? I remember when I was little, I was upset about it. But my mom was like, Sydney, they can't help it. I didn't it. even realize it was like, a different Richard actor Like, Richard Harris is gone, kid. man. Yeah. I think I realized it more in Goblet of Fire than Prisoner of Azkaban. He kind of still plays this. <laughs> See, what's your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> we're, we're getting to that. He kind of plays a similar essence to Harris in Prisoner mm-hmm. of Azkaban, at least in my opinion. And then Richard Griffiths back as Vernon Dursley. I love the Dursleys at the beginning of this movie. They're so, they're so fun. Like they're evil, but they're hilarious. Okay. I love all the all the Why actors. Why did they go to that random shack in the first one? Where was that shack at? They went what? to. We're like, we've got to move. Oh yeah, we're, and they we're went going to that. The where did where like did the they middle, go? In the middle of an middle island of, in the middle of the ocean yeah. in a little shack. Crazy. I they went to a hotel at, in the book. They went to a hotel at first. Interesting. And yeah. 
And the staff was like delivering them the letters still. Okay, that's so he was like, We have to go farther. We have to go farther away. (laughs) Richard Gervis is so, so good. Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. Again, what a casting choice. Again. Sirius Black is one of my favorite characters in this. Does he have a British accent in this? Sorta. Kinda. Yeah, I mean not not as strong as Gary Oldman's British. I forgot about that. But not it's honestly not as strong as Gary Oldman's normal British accent, which I thought was. I always forget he's British. He's a very heavy British. My little points that I made start at the beginning. Interesting, interesting. Well, we're we're not done with the castles just yet, of course. Oh, uh, going through, you got Timothy Spall as Peter Pettigrew, really, really good as well, and then David Thewlis as Remus Lupin, and Emma Thompson as one of my favorite characters, Sybil Trelawney, mm-hmm. and then all the usuals are back. Alfonso Cuarón directed this. He also directed Davis's film Children of Men and Roma. He also and Roma. Directed. He is that dude. Screenplay again. And he also directed plays. Gravity. Oh, really? Yeah. Michael Sarazen with some Tumon excellent cinematography. Davis? Sorry. And <laughs> edited by Steve Weisberg. John Williams with a score for the third straight film. And honestly, I think it's his best. We'll certainly talk about that. And it released in May of 2004 with a runtime of two hours and 22 minutes and on a solid budget of $130 million. It was the lowest yield of the series thus far <gasps> at $797.5 million, making it the second highest grossing film of 2004. Wow. So while I say lowest, these movies were still making absurd amounts of money, yeah. which is one of the craziest things. But anyway, we can certainly move on. It got nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Original Music and Best Visual Effects. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four. The music in this one is it's like a step up from the last. So when I watched it, I thought John Williams was done. Like I actually thought, oh, he just did the first two and left. And then I looked at him, I was like, oh. so yeah. I had a bit of a story there with that one. If we want to talk about the music right now, so when it was announced, Quaron would direct Prisoner of Azkaban. There was initial speculation that he was going to bring composer Patrick Doyle, who worked with him before, onto the film. However, he retained John Williams, and this was his third and final film. And the soundtrack was a significant departure from the previous two as Quadrone wanted the score to take a different approach. And then one of the new themes, Double Trouble, was written during the production for a children's choir and taken from Macbeth, and the soundtrack mm. released in full Pretty in 2004. Cool. So anyway, Prisoner of Azkaban, a lot of people say it's the best one. It's the best directed I, one. I, I think it's the best one. I, I, I'm inclined to say because, not not only because Quadrone's one of my favorite directors, but also I think it just looks the best. I think it ups the stakes. I, I remember really this well. one really well as well. Like all the the, the dementors. Werewolves, the de- oh, they used to scare me. The dementors are awesome. Why are they sucking them off so much, man? <laughs> okay, you guys are gonna not Go enjoy ahead and my say opinion it, as much. Go ahead and say it. All right. Let us know. T- cut off her mic. I oh no no. The all right with the the seat move right there. I know she's about to say something. She's about to say something crazy. I really really like this one, but. I have a problem with, and this is going to sound weird because, like, I don't think that everybody pays attention to this kind of stuff. The way that they use the camera, the way that they, like, the speed of the film, mm-hmm. not a fan. The ver- Like, the part that gets me the most is the very beginning of the movie when they're in the Dursley's house. Yes. And Aunt Marge, Aunt the Marge worst human on the being planet. Blown up. I've never, I cringe when I watch that scene because of the way that like the camera cuts back and forth between all of the things happening and it's like it's supposed to feel chaotic, but it's so quiet and it's not actually chaotic. Hmm. I, it like, it bothers me so much. Interesting. And the rest of the movie I thoroughly enjoy and don't feel like anything, any of it's like that. But that one scene 
like I've never hated a scene in a movie more than there that. are a lot there because there is because uh, the two buttons that knock out Dudley the camera cuts and follows it to like give you the illusion of it and moving it's so really fast weird because he like flies backwards but it's like not it's like really anticlimactic it's it's it is a very de- interesting departure because like it's one the first really example of like body horror that we have mm-hmm. which because it is gross and like it's, it's uncomfortable and it is kind of comedic the Dursleys again they've sort of been eroded from antagonist to co- like to side characters that are com- comedic yeah. relief it doesn't feel like they're as important anymore and it, it I don't know which perhaps one could say that is a not allegory but I don't know what the word Metaphor? is metaphor for abusers at large because there's always the great thing that the parents are so quick to abuse their children when they're smaller than them but as harry gets bigger and more mature they're terrified of him because you know that's that's how fickle most abusers are right is so maybe that's the point it does kind of rush it a bit because it jumps it feels so rushed it's that's what gets me and you know you have to question whether or not that's a director's choice or if it's what had to happen because of how long the books are. Mm. I mean... Any any issues in this movie, Alfonso Cuaron has so much goodwill with me. Cuaron. He has so much goodwill with me based off of Children of, Children of Men. That's true. I've never that seen it. Transcendent film. Oh, no. I think I just killed Davis a it's little. Okay. Let's and just it's say not, it's our, not last, a, our last podcast ever will be on that movie. It's not a well-watched movie. That in that meaning, not a ton of people have seen it. But I it is... But you should because it is my it. favorite it's, movie. It's very good. Okay, I... Sydney, you also told me to write well. down that plot speed was another issue you had. Yeah, that was, I kind of talked about it too. It, it, was does, just it like, does jump from season to season like that. It's quick. It's I can live with it. It's like a quick. school year. Sorry. I don't know. Everything that happens after the Dursley's house and after, ooh, even when he gets on the night bus, the night bus scene is weird to me. And then in the Leaky Cauldron, when he's having to stay like in the hotel room in the Leaky Cauldron for a few days, that scene is weird to me. It does Everything move very is fast. so weird until they get to school. Like even like the scene with the minister moves really fast. So a fast. lot of exposition and a lot going on. That's fair. I. Everything afterwards? I'd say. Phenomenal. Uh, actually, if you're speaking about this thing at present, say your thing because I have something else. I was going to say I really, 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 really like this movie. Yeah, I think. Either way, good. I think the this darker has, tone is yeah. better. I think the music yes. is top tier. The acting, the kids have finally, I think, grown up to their roles acting yeah. wise because they kind of stagnated it out during Chamber of Secrets, but they definitely take a huge step up. And also, mind you, David Thewlis and Gary Oldman might be two of the best additions to a cast any film series has ever made. They are. Perfect in this movie. Truly. Just the just the expecto patronum scene with like when the deer walks oh up. Gosh. That I think that makes this. That's like one of the best. No, scenes so in Harry Potter. Watching it back, so it was was my favorite. But watching it back now, my favorite scenes are when Lupin and Harry are just like talking, mm-hmm. just like walking through the forest, and John Williams is like, "Let me play the good stuff for you, ladies yes, and gentlemen." David and then, Lewis in this movie is just he's brilliant. He really is. And it's we finally get some information on Harry's parents. Finally, yes. After two movies of sort of being in the dark, we finally get something. Mm-hmm. We finally get a big moment from that. I think. And I think my favorite part of it is, well, the aesthetic, and then also his relationship with Sirius and Lupin, like makes you start to feel like, okay, so this is about to start turning into a, a serious thing. This isn't like little kids at school fighting off the bad guys anymore. We're developing some serious relationships. 
It is it is by far our first taste of that. That then of course gets the expanded were so upon. Scary. I think yes, I mean the Dementors are scary. Like the first being, scene on the bus. That first scene on the bus is un. Why was a shrunken head Jamaican? <laughs> that was a little weird. Because J.K. Rowling's a little stupid. Uh, but <laughs> I thought the bus was funny. Again, it was funny. Honestly, yeah. I love the whole thing of the bus. Just the double take on the brakes and him hitting his face against the window. I'm like, man, th- not funny. <laughs> not funny. Did not, funny. did not laugh. Did not laugh. Did not fun. Did not find it funny. However, again, Alfonso Cuaron is. I just wrote down he is him. I, yes, he is. He, dude is. He's got it. Children, he's got he, it. Alfonso Cuaron is well known for his love of like one shot, like extended one shot takes, and like re reinterpreting famous pieces of art in his making of movies. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if he does it that much in this one, but in Children of Men, if you watch that. That it, he does that a lot. It really is excellent. I also got to say, I think we talked about it previously. The the Quidditch scenes, criticism wise, I love this Quidditch scenes for like basically saying, um, just I mean, flipping it on its head. Oh, you had two sort of joyful, haha, slapstick Quidditch scenes. Mm-hmm. This one, it's raining and everyone's getting struck by lightning oh and they're gosh. all gonna die. There's Crazy. A, when he what falls out of the, the sky, just that, oh, that scene was by cool, itself. That was cool like when you watch him fall, that was, and you hear his mother screaming and the, oh. That part is so good. So, so the so that w- so the why would they cancel the game? So, as Megan told me, we were watching it. She said that at least in the books, and Sydney, you may be able to corroborate this. That they're so committed to Quidditch that they've like played games for like and days. You do not finish a Quidditch game until the snitch is caught. Like they're week long games. Ooh. They talk about they talk about in the books how like the longest games of Quidditch have lasted. A, a weeks at a time and they just sub people in and like let them go home and sleep for a day and then they have to come back and continue playing. I think we broke Davis. I don't think Jacob Rounds ever watched a sport, <laughs> frankly. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, I really like how it flips the whole, even like the most joyful of scenes in the last two movies gets flipped on its head with like, yes, there are no heroics. He just gets got by the Dementors and then die. Yeah. I mean, like, man's about to die until Dumbledore saves the, the day with his hand. hand. It was awesome. I have a fun fact about this movie. Go right ahead. Um, in the, I believe in the first two, they, they dressed the characters, all of the kids, like they wore their robes and their, you know, their uniforms It never changed this movie. They told all of the extras, all of the actors and actresses aside from like when they were going to class, but even sometimes then dress yourself how you want. Because they wanted each of the characters to seem like their own individual person. So whether they were wearing a tie, whether they had their robes on, like whether they had their sleeves rolled up, things like that were totally up to the discretion of that. I was wondering why some of the they were just kind of they were they were you know so they were making a mockery of the uniforms. You know, if we had done that in high school, we would have gotten taken out back. (laughs) (laughs) Did you two go to? Private, private school, school yes. private Catholic school, no less. Yep, I'm familiar. We 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 all we all know all that nonsense. I started I started skirting the rules with my socks. I was I was a little <laughs> rebel. Hey man, a little bit. And last thing I'll say on this: two things. Uh, one, uh, turn to page 394. Best scene ever. Also, again, I think this movie might just be the best because it adds oh, Gary Oldman, I want to talk about. David Thewlis. Then you also add um, look, trying to look at Timothy Spall's Peter Pettigrew. And Emma Thompson as oh, Sim- yeah. she's so funny. She is really she's funny. She's so hilariously absurd. I loved it all. I did so fun. The Grim. 
<laughs> Something awesome. I wanted to mention from the first awesome. from the first movie, and I guess all of them, just the favoritism towards Gryffindor is crazy. Yeah, like I'm the ma- first movie, <laughs> you're just like, oh, Slytherin gets robbed. That was crazy. That was sick to my the way stomach. Draco was sitting there with tears in his eyes. It was so. Imagine funny. like the Iron Bowl happens and Auburn <laughs> loses, and then the and then the refs go because of Auburn's. Fandom and their love for the game, they get ten points and they win. I would be, I would I wrote, throw up if I were in Alabama. I would I be think sick I would to my stomach. I wrote down, no wonder all of Slytherin ends up being bad guys. Man, they got screwed. That is not also, cool. Also, uh, one last note that uh, you brought it up at the beginning, and I wanted to bring it up again. So as I was mm. watching, actually, this is from the last film, Chamber of Secrets, when they do the duel, like the absurd thing when uh, Alan Rickman's Snape goes Expelliarmus. Like yes. I'm just imagining in the last movie if they're just if like in the final fight at Hogwarts you just hear everyone yelling Expelliarmus at each other for like an hour. That's all Harry ever uses. It, this man is he does not have variety. Ooh, I have another comment about the third one. Um, what did y'all think of the werewolf? Because Lupin. I know some people didn't like, like it because it. it wasn't like traditional Who werewolf. Who cares? Yeah, I, liked, I it. liked it. It was, it was creepy. scarier it was like creepy. this. I remember being it looked freaky. cool. Also, yes. Um, on that note, at the end, like this, the time travel is such a shift in plot. It's crazy. Oh my god, the hippogriff! And it works so well, the hip- Buckbeak. Oh, love Buckbeak. Buckbeak. That storyline is amazing. Which reminds me of the single worst scene in the entire film series is when Buckbeak dies. He yeah, die, quote unquote. And my boy. My boy Ron and Hermione are hugging it out, and Harry and just Harry like taps on leans at the end. Over. Oh, I, wanted, I was nauseous. I was like, Ugh. actually, Ugh. you forget that this it movie ends me. with a freeze frame. Oh no! <laughs> no! We're gonna blow the mics out. The freeze frame is so bad. That's, it's that's so it's bad. terrible. He saw, he has enough. Uh, Alfonso has enough goodwill that I'll let it slide this one time. The, the freeze I frame. Is Children sh- of Men added <laughs> like a freeze frame of Clive Owen's character. I wish so badly I could meet this man just to ask him. What were you thinking? Why did you end this phenomenal piece of art with a freeze frame? This, this the serious like total. Um, shift in tone for the franchise. More like Harry's crying about serious, like serious and and uh, Lupin trying to kill Peter Pettigrew. Harry, by the way, so like since it all like I feel like these movies don't hit as well because we've seen all the other ones. But like Harry attacking Snape is like a crazy yes. Leap. Like Hermione's like you just attack teacher. I'm like. Like, I mean, now, of course, considering the fact that we know Harry... He was about to kill Sirius. Yeah, yeah, like, since we know, like, Snape's a Death Eater and everything and all that stuff, like, it all doesn't hit as much, but, like, in the moment... He used to be. He used to be You know what I mean, though. You know what I mean? Like, with all that stuff, it doesn't hit nearly as much, but, like, in the moment, that's a crazy shit And a 13-year-old attacks a teacher and was about to kill someone? He was going to kill Sirius. He was. It was crazy. A 13-year-old child. Anyway, awesome movie. Freeze frame. Awesome movie. I really, really like it. I'm going to give this one, I mean, I'm going to give it 8.5. I'm not going to lie. I oh, love really? That's 5. it? I'm giving it 8.5. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if I want to give it a 9. I'd be willing to, though. I'm thinking, I, no, I'll go 9. I'll Actually, thinking about what I was going to rate as I watched it, I'd give it a 9. 8.5. It's 8. a 9 8. for me. 8. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll happily give it a 9. I love this movie. I love movies that shift tones for series, and I think it does yep. it so well. May I ask how you can determine from an, but the difference between an 8.5 and an 8.8? 8.5 doesn't feel high enough. 9 feels too high. Davis, we've talked about this. I'm just—I was before. just curious to see to hear your your thoughts on it. Interesting. It would be a non if it weren't for the like what I talked about at the beginning. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, that's fair. I get it. I'll give it the nine though. I think it's probably my favorite in the series. However, a close second might be this next one: Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, starring again <laughs> all your usual suspects: Ray Fiennes as Lord Voldemort, 
And then Michael Gammon back as Albus Dumbledore. Brendan Gleeson, who is brilliant as Alistair, Mad-Eye, Moody. Jason Isaacs back as Lucius Malfoy. Gary Oldman in a small role as Sirius Black. Alan Rickman back as Severus Snape. And Timothy Spall back again as Peter Pettigrew. This film directed by Mike Newell. The screenplay written by Steve Cloves again. I don't know what they saw in this dude, because I've never heard of him anywhere else. But apparently he's writing all these movies. Roger Pratt on cinematography, Mick Oddsley with the editing, and Patrick Doyle, a common collaborator of Newell, handled the score once again. John Williams had to leave due to a very busy schedule around the time of making this film, so Doyle stepped up. The initial request would that be Doyle was working with all of Williams' original material, but eventually only Hedwig's theme would, would return from previous installments. Though, I mean, I ain't mad about that, because that's a pretty good return. Release in November of 2005, two hours and 37 minutes, but it does not feel like it, honestly, because there's so much happening in this film. On a on Tied for the largest budget so far with $150 million, it made $896.7 million, the highest grossing film of 2005, and the sixth the sixth highest grossing film in the series, mm. which is pretty crazy considering all the later movies made so much money. And yeah, so you this left. film, I mean, talk about raising the stakes again. This just takes it up to another level mm-hmm. entirely. It's a lot of people's other favorite. Of I, really, the I really did like this one a lot. I, I have an issue with the Goblet of Fire thing in general. Like, imagine, and I know there's a binding <laughs> magic spell that makes them, that makes them have to have Harry or whatever. But imagine like someone signed me up to be the quarterback for the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and they're like, "Well, your name's there. You gotta play. You're the starting quarterback, Davis. You got to play." It man. is. It is pretty. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I could just be like, he could have been like. I think if if Harry was just like, hey, I didn't put my name in, when, and they're when, like, okay. When Barty's like, the Goblet of Fire is binding. If he's in, he's in. And I'm like, Yo, how is the wizarding world going to allow a goblet to determine what the heck they do? Yeah. I think that we need to take this one like scene by scene because there's so <laughs> we ain't got the time. We, might, we have the time for that. I like I just think about everything. That, go, go through first your ba- of all, go through your favorite. The scenes. whole Barty Crouch storyline is insane. Oh, Doctor Who. I love the that's flashback. A ho- that's a whole nother the flashback scene. Like, is so good. Jump in tone to something super serious because the Death Eaters did not exist yet. The Death Eaters are like intense. Yeah, I agree. Also, very uh, intense. What do we think about the obvious KKK undertones with the oh, Death Eaters? Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. It's fair. Thumbs, thumbs creepy. Thumbs uh, weird. Thumbs not sure how I feel. Well, about I mean, it. they're obviously evil, and they're they're making you so you can see them immediately. Like, oh, they're evil. Yeah, I think that's fine. Like, I I just it just it just comes down to where like people are fine with like them pulling that off because it's very obvious, right? Like, yeah. That, with the gigantic. I mean, what, if if people are like, oh, I want to be a Death Eater, which I know people do. <laughs> There are some people who get that tattoo. Yes, because if you like, people want to be on the dark side of the force or whatever. Like people want to be Death Eaters, but like you see them literally wearing the KKK hood. (sighs) Whatever. (sighs) Um. Anyways, Uh, Robert Pattinson is in this movie. Yes, I don't know why he wasn't on my cast list. Yeah, I was. I almost cut you off, but then I decided not to. You should have. have. You're more than welcome. Robert Pattinson is in this movie, and he's pretty good. He's phenomenal. He's pretty good in his limited in his limited moments. He has good he has good stuff. Sydney's yeah. a big Robert Pattinson. He does fan, he, he, he has limited tell. action again because the films just cannot the unpack scene, whole characters. But he's pretty good. The scene um, with his father did make me tear up at the end, which yeah. is like it's my good. boy. It's the meme now, but it's it's good. It, uh, I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child. That's from a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, boy. um, uh, Brendan Gleeson as Mad Eye. Oh. Good. 
so good. It's actually I, again, David Tennant as Brendan Gleeson. It is. It sort is. of. Not really. The, 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 all all, like, okay, I I wish there was some more to sip so it's not just, like, that. That that's that's like his thing is like, he's <laughs> yeah. drinking, oh yeah, I, I don't that like can that. Hear it's you like do a it. snake, he's doing the snake tongue thing. Wait, shh, do it again. <laughs> Why does he do that? Uh, he's because hanging oh, out with the because it's creepy. Because no, because so it's sorry it, for no. everyone listening. It's because it's creepy. <laughs> oh, okay, we're done. Oh no more. God. No more. There's a moratorium on those. There's a moratorium on. We're cut off. <laughs> but it's oh it's because it's creepy. Like oh, that looks so weird. Yeah. Oh, the fact that they have um, uh, forbidden spells. What are the 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 three? Avada Kedavra. Avada Kedavra. Um, Crucio and, and Imperio. La- Imperio. That's, Which one's Crucio? That's is that interesting. the one that's the torture, torture one? That they have three, like, forbidden, nobody can ever but use these But there's more spells. if you can just make stuff up. Davis, now's not the time to do this. We're talking about a really good No, Delo- it is the time to do this because we have an episode about Harry Potter. True. Do, I forgot what I was going to say. Dolores, you're saying Dolores. She's not in this movie, though. No, I wasn't going to say Dolores. Um, Do- She's in oh. the fifth. I, re- I really like how this film is able to expand on um, like just so many lore points like Neville and the fact that like his parents were like what an aura yeah. is and whatnot. We learn what auras are. We learn about all these different like like bad thing, bad parts of the wizarding world. Ex- you learn a lot of the bad side of it. Exactly. Like the former Death Eaters and yes. whatnot and everything yeah. like that. I really, really, really enjoy all that. I appreciate I, that. I love the whole Quidditch World Cup, world Cup honestly. As a kid, Quidditch, I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Isn't it so cool? Like the, the tent? Portkeys, the tent? The tent city. Oh my God. I want a tiny tent that's That's huge. one of the worst lines in, this, in the Wait, series, actually. When, when Harry walks into the tent and he walks in and he goes... I love magic, and it it like, makes me cringe every time I listen to it, it. It is a little on the like. It's a little too. It's also weird that he would say this in his fourth year. Yeah, like like he would I, never say that. Like, diagonally, di- <laughs> diagonally. They warned you, Harry. You dumb idiot. Did you guys know that Diagon Alley is supposed to sound like diagonally? That's probably why like I said. the word diagonal. Interesting. Yeah, I believe that. And Wait. nocturnal alley is supposed to sound like nocturnally. Ah, yeah. interesting. I heard that also, um, I will say, so I talked about it a bit at the previous film. Dave's looking a little tired over there. No, I was, I was um, stretching my knees out. Yeah, so, 30 minutes, buddy. So, oh, yeah, no, we're good, we're good, we're good. We can, we can uh, end before that. We, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got time. We got uh, time. I don't <laughs> think we will end early. I don't think we will either. <laughs> I'll so, top of my knees. I really like this one for its juxtaposition of the death-defying task, and then the next scene, Harry and Ron are like, how do we ask out a girl? Yes. Like, I lo- I, like, Rob was being literally, such a, I can't say that word. He's being such a jerk in this movie. Yeah. He, so, okay, this is what I thought about it. So, growing up, I hated this movie for that, like, the fact that the conflict between him and Ron, yeah. but, like, they're 14. Yeah. I mean, checks out. Yeah, but still, he's being No, I agree. I agree, but it, 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 it does check out. Oh, my gosh. When it's they were getting Hermione to talk between them, and she went, oh my, I'm not an owl. That was so funny. Ron <laughs> told really me funny. to tell you that, that Seamus told him that, that Pavardi saw Hagrid, and Hagrid said that, <laughs> awesome. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. I loved every second of it. Oh, it was but, amazing. Like, truthfully, the whole Ron and Harry thing, I think it the was, Ron and Hermione thing was worse when he made her cry. Yeah. That was yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Such a jerk. I agree. No, so so the all this Ron and Harry stuff, it's bad and all, but it gave us honestly my favorite scene ever where they like apologize and Ron's like, Well, like, I obviously warned you and then 
And then Hermione's just like looking on in disbelief, like, what the heck? <laughs> what and did she the, say? She says, boys. Yeah. She and then the girl boys. to her left is like in love with them. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's so, it's so, I love that scene. It's so, so funny. But again, I just really like how it, like, Harry almost dies a scene, and then mm-hmm. the scene later, he's like, girls. How do I, how I, do I ask out a girl? What's up? Okay. So we were talking about how, like, the fact that there was this binding curse around the fact that they're basically throwing children the Hunger into Games. the Hunger Games, basically. But who comes up with the tasks? Because they're determining the level of danger themselves. They sent children in to fight dragons <laughs> and then didn't even chain the dragons down well enough that they couldn't escape. They're supposed to be 17. Okay. And children. There's some oh, art. No, some but then, but then they were like, "Hmm, who should we choose to hide in the lake? Who are they friends with? Who are we gonna put in the lake?" Other so they children. Can save them? A girl that's not even old enough to be in school is kidnapped. Who did that? Was it Professor McGonagall? Dumbledore? Yeah, it was McGonagall because they said she uh, went and kidnapped a crazy. Who? Somebody had to make that decision that those were gonna be the tasks. Uh, I think it's Moody. I think it's the idea that he's because he's the one that hides the gop or the. The, uh, the Triwizard Cup. Oh, but minus points, uh, tri- all this incredibly elaborate detailing, and then the Triwizard Cup has the word whiz on the front of it. <laughs> I didn't see that. Thumbs down. <laughs> that was I, the most I saw it, I was aggressive like, thumbs down I've ever I, seen. I rewound and I was like, no, it didn't. I must have missed it. I'm, I must I must have it not seen that. it. And then I look and I'm like. You know what we oh haven't talked about yet? Dumbledore calmly asked Harry. Oh! <laughs> did you put the name of the Goblet of Fire? In the book. All right, choke it, it says, out. He was like, <laughs> come here! <laughs> he knocked over a chandelier before he could get to him and slammed him Harry, past the table. did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? I would just be like, no, dog. Like, Harry, like you out. see Daniel's arms like windmilling <laughs> because he can't keep his balance. I like that's like <laughs> I, I imagine I imagine that was not. improvised. Like in Seinfeld, there's the episode. I'm sorry, but but like in Seinfeld, <laughs> there's the episode where John Voight bites Kramer. Like John Voight actually bites Kramer, but Michael Richards didn't know he was gonna bite him actually, and John Voight just like bit him, and John and Michael Richards' face is like, oh my god. So I just so funny. Like I'm literally I'm pulling it up so that you guys can like rewatch it. Look at look at the look on Daniel's face. <laughs> that boy is taken aback. He is so, taken like, aback. It's just such a miss from everybody involved. Like, who signed off on that? <laughs> and all of the adults chasing after Dumbledore, like a mob like, of like adults, is like sprinting towards so him. So in the books, when Harry, like, is the reaction to Harry putting his name in? Like, I'm sure his friends react all of the, the same. Other but, like, adults all the adults are angry. Okay, right. Because they, they think, think it's unfair. Right. Dumbledore is like confused, confused and calm. McGonagall is very concerned because right, she's course. like he does not need to be doing right, this. Right, right, right. And like that's the general consensus. Just, just but in this movie, it's like he is the villain, and crazy, everybody is attacking crazy. him. Crazy, like unhinged. Also, um, the the one of the, one of my really negatives is the leader of Crumb School, whatever his name is, just like. Like, 
ominously closes the door with like a smirk with him in the goblet, and that goes nowhere. Yeah, it does. Yes, that doesn't go. Okay, I was wondering about that. That put his name in the goblet. I feel like it was literally just a ploy in the movie to make us think that, that he, he did it. Because the Mad Eye twist, which is a pretty good twist, I'll admit. By the way, is it's Durmstrang. Dur- Durmstrang. His name. Oh, the okay. name of the school. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I could, the yeah, name sorry, of the I school. Remember the school. But yeah, that that just kind of. <sighs> It was, it was very very cheap fake tension there, and I didn't re- I didn't really like that at yeah, all. Yeah, But I like that they brought in the other schools. One thing that was wrong though, wrong, is that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> is that Durmstring and Bo Bo Battens yes. were not all girls and all boys schools. Interesting. And a lot of people are frustrated that they changed it in the movies to make them all boys and all girls schools, because it almost makes it seem. This is a little a little feminist argument that some people have. I'm curious what's going on. They think that Floor making it into the cup, there had to be one from each school. So it kind of limits it to like, oh, well, it's an all-girls school, so there's going to have to be a girl winner rather than her beating out other boys that were in her school. Interesting. And then she like loses every challenge. She gets whacked, respectfully, yeah. unfortunately. I don't know if that's how it goes in the books. She does not but- do well. Does she do well in the books or? She does decent. Decently enough. Okay. She's okay. just kind of average, but like in the in the books, it was other schools like Hogwarts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I so gotcha. she beat out other boys in her school to get the spot, but in the movies they changed it. So a lot of people, I'm not, I don't really know how I feel about it, but a lot of people don't like that. That's interesting. I, I can see that. I mean, yeah. yeah, it it is it is very much definitely the pigeonhole thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, that that's not great, Davis. You said you had some thoughts on the Goblet of Fire when we were talking about it earlier. I think my point was that when I made the analogy of me having to start for the Bengals because someone wrote my name down, I'm like <laughs> they're like, "Well, it's your name's there. You're you can't in, do anything man. about it. You better You're get in. the suit up." Buddy. But you like the movie, otherwise? Yeah, I like the movie. I do like the movie. I mean, the en- like the ending. I, I, so I remember watching it last night. Oh, I forgot. Or, or oh, it was two gross. Ago. And like, no, like the fact that like I paused it and there's 40 minutes left when like the final chat, like there's a good 40 minutes mm-hmm. that just flows by. And obviously the Voldemort showing up is just, yeah. this is honestly, I think this is Voldemort's best characterization, including the fact that his cloak is like not material. Like yes. it's very like wavy, which it's is like not smoke. present by the final film. The final film is just like a dude in a black cloak. And it's like, okay. Yeah. But like in this one, he's very, well, he's Voldemort. Like not human. Very oh my much. God, the sound effect when he opens his eyes. I was like, no, yes. I can't. That was that was horrid. Harry Potter. That's mine. I, I can touch you. Oh. <laughs> and then the way he says that. Yeah, the finger. Oh, and you then know. Harry dramatically screwed. His acting... Da- yeah, Daniel Radcliffe's good, acting in this one is his really hair, awesome. His hair is not. Oh though. my god, the hair! <laughs> Why was All everyone's hair so bad. long in this movie? I mean, it was the Weasley twins' hair so long. It was 2004. What? what Ron Harry? What? Huh? Sorry, I'll what? get back to this in a second. Say your thing. Uh, I mean, it's just it's 2004. Yeah. Sorry. I was just saying everyone's yeah, their hairs hair are long. is so, yeah, so long in this movie. My it's question like for y'all is: What school are y'all in? Are y'all taking those quizzes? Oh my lord. I think I got. Sl- I know I got you sl- have. Okay, you guys want to know what I am? I know she has. Yeah, what do you got? I have taken the quizzes a million thousand times. Of course. And it's almost a 50-50 between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff, but I get Gryffindor just a little bit more. Nice. So I say it's 60-40. Alex, do you know? Uh, I've gotten Gryffindor and Slytherin, so I guess I'm Oh, my Potter, goodness. So. Can't talk Interesting. To this guy. Yes, I, got- I, I can speak in parcel tongue. <laughs> 
I got Gryffindor and Hufflepuff, but <gasps> Gryffindor got the edge. So me and Sydney are the Twins. same. Age. I always like making fun of people that got Hufflepuff. I love they're Hufflepuff. They're smart. They're loyal uh, yeah. and they're kind and they care about friendship. Was Cedric Gryffindor's brave? Cedric was a Hufflepuff. Okay, I thought so. Gryffindor's brave. Ravenclaw's smart. Hufflepuff's loyal, and Slytherin's just evil. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny how that's just the like a bad thing. guys. They're just evil. There's like, oh, guys, it's so funny how we put all these awful people in and one And they're house. children. They're 11 years old. <laughs> it's like Mad. Minority Report. <laughs> yes. Yes. John Williams was working on a lot of similar movies then, man. Hey, hey, hey. I really, really like this. I really like how, this, again, the stakes are raised. I think, one, just a lot of good, a lot of good scenes, like where they, their friendships as the actors have matured, mm-hmm. their relationships have, like Harry and Hermione – at the tent, I mean, yeah. definitely fanning the your Harry and Hermione <gasps> oh flames. Oh my god! And that's the a good scene. Um, um, Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. Worst person ever. We hate Rita Skeeter. We hate her. She How do they get those pictures a, to move like she that? Turns into a beetle later on. Davis, this is the kind of question you can't ask. Davis, like, you're uh, not supposed to ask that. That's it's like a magic. If I'm not supposed to ask it. It's a uh, magic. What's picture. that? What's that fake quote? That's not actually a Voltaire quote, but right wingers like to act like it is. It's like you see, see who you're not supposed to criticize or whatever. Where are we going? <laughs> I'm so lost. What? I'll find this quote and I I'll feel, tell you the backstory. I feel like Davis asking questions like this is like breaking the fourth wall. Like you're not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to ask these questions, Davis. Stop asking questions. But I think it's about time to wrap this up because we have 20 minutes left. We got some other things to talk about, of course. But Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, how are we rating it, guys? Um, eight. Interesting. Nine point two. Whoa, highest one yet. Mine's an eight point five. Mm. I really, really like it. I think it just it again. The, honestly, how I would describe my feelings on the series one. Obviously, still very nostalgic because I'm a child when I was watching them. And number two, there's so much that I really enjoy. It allows me to look past a lot. Like, when it's good, it's spectacular. When it's bad, it can be bad. But the good is so good to me and outweighs any of the mm-hmm. negatives that I would normally give other movies. Davis. The quote I was talking about is, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize, which has been misattributed to Voltaire. Who's it attributed did, to? Did not say that. I just got a text message from someone outside the show about the show, and it's Ainsley, and she said that Nagini is a girl boss. The snake. We're not there yet. But we'll, <laughs> no, Nagini. Oh wait, no, she's the... sh- yeah, she arrived at the beginning of this one. Apparently, J.K. Rowling retconned it, so she just turned. She was cursed to just turn into a snake. Ooh. Or something like that. That uh, can't, that comes up in the Fantastic Beast movies. And then, well, we're not watching And then that. also no. back in the day before toilets, the wizards just went wherever they stood and vanished it away. <laughs> well, I, she, that is canon. <laughs> J.K. Rowling's made that canon. She needs to stop. I give this one a 9.2, and the point two is bu- it's bumped up because of the Yule Ball. Just the whole Yule Ball. Everything it's amazing. It's- the one thing I didn't like is how it felt like there was a scene that like missed. Like It goes from Hermione going with Crumb to get drinks to then Ron and Hermione fighting. It's almost like one scene was missing there. But it's a two-hour and 37-minute movie, so I don't blame them I for not I loved it. I loved yeah, the argument. I loved the rock the band that they had. Oh, And the right. mosh pits Lawsuit. that they had. In the run-up to the film, Warner Brothers approached a Canadian folk group called The Weird Sisters to obtain permission to use the name The Weird Sisters for its Harry Potter band. Yeah, when that it, was continually in the book. When a deal could not be made, the Canadian band filed a $40 million lawsuit what? against Warner Brothers, as well as members of the in-movie band, members of Radiohead and Pulp, for misuse of their group's name. Oh. In a deleted scene, they are introduced as the band that needs no introduction. Wow. Uh, in March of 2010, the lawsuit was settled and details have been sealed. <gasps> 
Why is it so secretive? Because Warner Brothers probably paid a butt ton of money. And they just don't. A lot of money. A lot of money. And with that, guys, I think that's a perfect way to end. One through four of Harry Potter from Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone, all the way to Goblet of Fire. And before we go, we got a few things to talk about. We got the Ministry of Truth, Davis's segment. We got a Star Wars theory moment that I talked about uh, a little bit with Davis. I did not watch a whole video, which was two hours, but in it, Star Wars theory and his guest criticized Andor pretty heavily. And then in the same show said a General Grievous show would be a great idea. Davis. I feel like I've hashed this out enough on the show. I think that's just a stupid opinion. <laughs> and I'm tired of Disney Plus shows. I think most of you would agree. And I also think if Andor's main criticism is that it's gritty, I mean, what do you want a General Grievous show to be? Number one. And number two, again, like... They want everybody to show up. Like, like no, but like, what what would be in that... I that show wouldn't... What? Just read the comics or something. I, yeah, or it was just, it was just. Uh. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is also, mind you, I'll say this: this is the guy that when Luke Skywalker returned in the Mandalorian, he was like actively sobbing. <laughs> Respectfully, awesome. like, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, on it, on any of that. That's not really. There. I um, I watched all the original movies. I watched all of the ones that came out when we were in high school. I watched a little bit of some of the series, but I just kind of fell off of them. Because there's too much. There's too much. Oversaturation. I'm starting to fall off of Marvel, and I've always been a very dedicated Marvel but fan. But they've oversaturated it's the market. Too much. It's crazy. I know we all just saw, or most of us saw at least. Um, Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yes. I haven't. You have not? I haven't watched Hulk. I haven't watched Black Panther. I ha- like. I just can't. I, it's, it's getting to be well, too much. Well, Wakanda Forever was pretty good. Yeah, I'll good. probably watch that. It was, one. It was a good movie. I haven't watched it. It was two hours and forty-one it. minutes. It's crazy. Elaine's in it. True, but Lupita Nyong'o's in it, and that's the main reason. Lupita they is one of my favorite She's actresses. Awesome. She is amazing. <laughs> Alex, are you okay, man? I think Alex and Davis seem to like Lupita as an actress. No, I love lot. Lupita. She's awesome, and she looked very good in this movie as well. <laughs> Interesting. No, I mean, like, I genuinely do love her as an no, actress. No, she's a great actress. Yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm not even really kidding. Slave. Good. But she slave? looks amazing in this oh my gosh. movie as well. Have you seen 12 Years a Slave? Us? Yes. Yes, we just talked about Have you seen 12 Years a Slave? No. You should, that's her, that was her that, breakout movie. That, that was, like, okay, that was still her best, that's still her best performance. Is it? Well. Truly. It's okay. amazing. Very sad. It's so, it is, it is, like. Brad Pitt's in it, too. Get, get like, get like one of those, like, weighted blankets and prepare yourself. Two Four, Michael Fassbender, Lupita Nyong'o, Benedict Cumberbatch. What's the girl's name? Sarah Paulson. This is one of those yeah. movies where you get like a weighted blanket, a stuffed animal, a glass of Welch's grape juice. You just kick back. Ah, yes. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but anyway, moving on to another Ministry of Truth moment before we head out. Quentin Tarantino says the current movie era is one of is the worst in Hollywood <gasps> history, or one of the worst. What? Yeah, um, I, it's one of the worst. I, he also I'd agree. lumped in the eighties and the fifties, and I was like, what? I think the nineties are probably worse, but. That's because 80s was when slasher went crazy. The 80s which was like, so good. But like, like you remember the good slasher movies, but there was so much junk. That's true. That's true. That you That's don't true. even hear about anymore. That was just in theaters. Well, you don't hear about it for a reason. True. Yeah, and same well, with the 50s. 50s was a lot of like soaps, monster movies, monster movies, Elvis. Mo- so many Elvis movies. So many. Have, you, was, have any of y'all ever seen an Elvis movie? No. Me neither. I don't want to. Chris was a big Elvis. He used to watch him. Interesting. That's why he likes Elvis. I feel so bad for him for that one. Tarantino also said that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the best film he's ever made. Interesting. It's okay. No. He can have a wrong opinion. No. I said it's because there's a lot of feet present in the I sh- think it's Inglorious Bastards, personally. <laughs> okay. I watched Inglorious Bastards this year. Had yeah. no idea what it was beforehand. 
It was so good. So good. It's a great movie. And it's I, glasses. I did try to watch. Um, what's the other? This is Quentin a German. Th- no, it's the famous the, Quentin Tarantino. Is this the German movie. three? Yes. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I awesome. tried to watch Pulp Fiction, and literally could not make it through thirty minutes. And then was told recently that you will not understand anything until the end. Yeah. So now's I the thought I was get... stupid. Apparently it's, I'm not stupid. I just had to keep the, going. The plot lines like out of order. Well, now, yeah. by the end you figure. Now's it all the time out. to That's get my, my movie card revoked. I've not seen Pulp Fiction. What? Yeah. That one, you'd really like that. one. I know now. I would. I'm sure. I'm sure I would. I, I'm sure Pulp I would. Weekly really movie Tarantino, night. Tarantino said that, and then said, "Let's put him in Hollywood." And again, not to not to say it, but I think it has something to do with the absurd shots of people's feet in that movie. Well, there's the. Margaret Robbie Nobody's just plops up, her, plops up her feet on the chair. He knows what he was doing. It's absurd it's, it's nonsense. And with that, guys, let's end it with this trivia question. Oh, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer it. There will be blood. Mm-hmm. I've abandoned, abandoned my child. child. Okay. What did he say? I drank your milkshake? I drink your milk. I drink it all up. Insanity. Um, there will be blood starring Daniel Day-Lewis is loosely based on which Upton Sinclair novel? N- not a chance. I... Not Literally a chance. Not a, say it again. Can you read it one more time? There Will Be Blood, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, is loosely based on which Upton Sinclair novel. If you Google it, Davis, I will hit you. I know what it is. I knew, I, I knew it. I just had to make sure it was... Uh, we'll turn, once you turn off the things, I'm going to guess. I okay. don't think that All there's right. a single universe in which I know the answer to that question. That's absolutely correct. And with <laughs> that, we will end it right here. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to the first of two Through the Lens episodes on the Harry Potter film series. We talked about the first four films in the series, from the Sorcerer's Stone to the Goblet of Fire. We hope you enjoy this episode with us. And if you have any thoughts on the series, the books, or J.K. Rowling herself, you can reach out to the show directly by following us on Instagram at Through the Lens, W-E-G-L. We'll be back in two weeks. We had to go to Thanksgiving time to discuss the final four films of the Harry Potter series with two special guests. This is Alex shooting alongside my co-host, Davis Carroll with special guest Sydney Babb stepping off the train, and we will talk again next week.